Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us for our praise and worship segment. Every morning we dedicate the first 15 minutes of our program to giving thanks, expressing gratitude. Indeed. Just heard from CC Winans. Now you're listening to Evie McKinney Church. Never gonna end. Ain't nothing like a Sunday morning. 
It is a new day, new opportunities. It's never too late to set out on that journey, never too late to start that business, never too late to bring that idea to life. Here are the sisters, Mary Mary with heaven. Good morning. It's time to rise and shine. Well, that depends on where in the world you are.
It is 10 after the top of the hour. Coming up shortly, we're going to have the headlines. Got to let you know what we're going to be talking about today. Stories from around the world. Got a couple more tracks for you to take us up to quarter past the top of the hour. Right now, you are listening to Kira Sherrod. Indescribable. Here is Tamala Mann with Touch From You. Coming up after this one, we're going to have CeCe Winans, Believe For It.
It is a quarter past the top of the hour. Such a shame to have to go and cut this one short. But we do have to go ahead and get started. We have a lot of stories coming up for you today. Thank you so much for this reminder. CC Winans, we gotta believe for it. Whew, something tells me just let it play a little more. So I'm gonna listen to that voice within. Gotta say good morning, happy Wednesday. Pleasant good morning to all of our listeners from around the world. Everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Everyone listening on JohnNoRadio.com. And of course, I gotta say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Wednesday, May 24. Chip, 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 chipping. The days are chipping away. Hashtag WCW, we celebrate women. So that means you're only gonna hear songs by woman thank you so much for joining me for coffee in tow world news on the go yay get going folks get going <laughs> even if you're not leaving your house get up and do something all right uh thank you for joining again and you can join us here every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views you can find me on twitter at me media moments on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on tiktok moments with me media and in the caribbean corner the guyana dormitory fire that left 19 dead was deliberately set by a student upset over confiscated phone all right now i'm gonna have to point the fingers 
or point my finger on us parents. All right. And we're going to get into that one. TNT Law Association says government must call local government elections. Caribbean leaders commit to regional digital integration. PSOJ president out of Jamaica says the prime minister's decision to reject salary increase was purely symbolic. <laughs> Golding calls for balance and fairness amid public sector compensation upsets. Complaints intensify about the deplorable. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me. I, I don't know why I had that jumbled up. Golding calls for balance and fairness amid the public sector compensation. And there are complaints that are intensifying about the deplorable state of juvenile correctional facilities in Jamaica. Is among the world's most miserable countries. <laughs> we got work to do. <laughs> Food hubs worth visiting in Barbados and Bujabantan read his powerful new music post St. Lucia jazz performance. Out of Latin America, yeah, I'm gonna give this one give this one a round of applause because <laughs> I see great things happening, and I don't think the U.S. going to be too happy. But Russia and Cuba sign agreement to boost tourism. Mm -hmm. Stick around for that one. On the international scene, Deutsche Bank and Citibank admit anti-competitive activity in U.K. bond market. I wonder who they're going to lock up for that one. Anyway. In news out of North America, and here we go again. I am sick of these stories. Catholic clergy sexually abused nearly Illinois 2,000 children since the 1950s. The state finds I have been begging for a shutdown of the Catholic Church. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other churches, but damn, the Catholic Church seems to be leading the way. Flags waving high in the sky. Shut them down. A bill that would have required Texas public schools to display the Ten, the ten Commandments failed. DeSantis appoints Cuban-American female appellate judge to Florida Supreme Court. Talk about playing with people. Miami Lake School moves the Biden inaugural poem out of elementary section of library after complaint from one person. One person. One person yeah one person so i wonder if i can voice my opinion about something and have things um retracted or removed or you know taken care of more than six in ten says biden's mental fitness to be president is a concern oh lord that ain't looking too cute for you back then uh south carolina approves a six-week abortion ban for most women so now six weeks who the hell knows they're pregnant at six weeks you know what in business and tech news i don't know why i'm upsetting my equilibrium so early in the morning focus nostra you know i'm not talking to you nostra thank you for coming through but i'm not talking to you 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 know you're supposed to be doing this you know meditation rooms and you you've just been in hiding and we need them more than ever girl we need to balance our minds and our bodies and our souls but anyway i'm glad to see you all right so um amazon's new technology lets customers scan palms instead of showing id to buy alcohol welcome to america now learn to be in debt 
it's the american way in health and science news and well we didn't get to cover this yesterday a new nasal spray to reverse fentanyl and other opioid overdoses gets the fda approval um lebron james in sports news says he's got a lot to think about when it comes to moving forward with the game of basketball and that's after the nuggets sweep the lakers listen we got a lot of believe it or not stories a man shot his roommate in louisville for eating the last hot pocket (laughs) okay it's really that serious oh lord um (laughs) an oakland athletics broadcaster was fired after saying he visited the n-word league's baseball museum on air you know what it's okay (laughs) y'all all right you know a little more music to get us going it is hashtag wcw we celebrate women so of course it's just songs by women here is rihanna with man down top of the hour if you got somewhere to be at the bottom you already know you got five minutes to get there be safe Don't worry, I ain't gonna take out nobody's son. I did not make them, so I can't kill him. <laughs> I'ma just go on ahead and stick with you.
that song i think it's from the two i want to say 2006 somewhere there 2005 2006 yeah here's another one from rihanna here i go again this one will take us to the bottom Once again to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. And of course, a big thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Come moments with me. It is the bottom of the hour and it's time for us to go ahead and get started. And as always, we kick it off in the Caribbean corner. For our first story, we head on over to Guyana. The Guyana dormitory fire that left 19 dead was deliberately set by student upset over confiscated phone, officials say. The story is courtesy of BallerAlert.com. 
The National Security Advisor said the individual responsible for the fire who is among the injured had been disciplined by the dorm administrator for having an affair with an older man. The advisor stated that the student who allegedly threatened to burn down the dormitory proceeded to ignite a fire in a bathroom area. The student, who is about 14, is being treated for burns at the hospital and is expected to be released into juvenile detention. The man allegedly involved in the relationship with the girl is expected to face charges for statutory rape. The advisor explained that the fire rapidly spread throughout the building, constructed with wood, concrete, and iron grills. The dorm administrator, commonly called the house mother, had locked the building for the night to prevent the girls from sneaking out. Five of the 19 victims died at a local hospital, while the remaining died at the scene. Most victims were indigenous girls aged 12 to 18 from remote villages. Among the victims was also the five-year-old son of the house mother. According to the advisor, The government of Guyana has accepted the United States' offer to send forensic and other highly skilled teams to aid in the ongoing investigation. In addition to that, the Guyanese government is also dispatching a group of DNA specialists to identify the remains of 13 out of the 19 victims who tragically lost their lives at the scene. Oh, Father. So you are... In a, you're 14 years old, a big man you love, big man to your thing, right? You are being reprimanded, rightfully so, by your house mother. Your phone is taken from you because this house mother is intervening more than likely. It's an intervention and is trying to put a stop to the interaction between you being a 14-year-old and this grown man. Did, did, did it say how old this man is? Um, with an older man. All right. So they're trying to intervene and put a stop to it. You not like that. So you threaten to burn down the building and then proceed to burn down the building. Is so this man means so much to you? Like a pitney? 19 people dead. Because your house mother is telling you the right thing is looking out for you. Boy, I'm trying to process this. I'm trying to process it as a student. As a parent, <laughs> I'm trying to look. <sighs> no, no, no. So, morning, Nastra. Me not chat to you, but talk to me. <laughs> but me love you still. I love, I love you still. <laughs> you know, yeah. life for life. You know, before we can serve the community, we have to make sure we're serving God first. Amen. Amen. So we can be in better service. But um, to just respond, right? I think it's, it's, I, 
it's a hard thing because I understand the mindset of the little girl. When you are placed in environments where in our Caribbean culture, that's kind of the dynamic that we can witness and some women have experienced in their life. And one is to take into account that she's young. When you're young and your mind is set away, you feel like you're right. You don't understand the consequences of your actions. And unfortunately, these are the consequences that she's going to have to live with for the rest of her life. And I think it's very important for us to have grace when it's a younger girl dealing with big men. Because at the end of the day, when you once you pass 25, I feel like you know in your mind what you're doing. Or even once you pass a certain age, it has to be a level of accountability. And unfortunately, you know, these people lost their lives and it sucks. Um, but I feel like it's important that enduring this time for that little girl that she gets the healing that she needs to understand what has happened to you no matter how much you may feel like you love that man it is not real and even if you feel like it's real understand that you were preyed on and i think it's very important for us to like talk to our young women and young girls to understand what does predator behavior look and feel like and the love where you feel like you have in your heart is just like, I'm really curious, you know, who was that father figure in her life? Or who was there to protect that little girl? Or was not there to protect her? Boy, Nastra, I really rate you for being able to think of it, to look at it from that perspective, because... Yes, it because is. Because when you're getting that attention, when no one else is giving you that attention, you feel like it's real love and it's not at all. Oof. So probably that little girl man is like, oh, this man love me. He taking care of me, he making sure I'm good because no one else is giving her that type of rating and respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the age where girls are preyed on all the time, especially in the Caribbean. <gasps> That's when grooming happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're right. You are right. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Nastra. Are we in agreement with Nastra that we need to reach deep down within and extend grace to this 14-year-old that killed 19 dorm mates? All because her phone was confiscated because she's communicating with an older man. And then also just point of interest is that is there there was fire hazards. Yes. Those people did not have to die because, you know, there's grills on the door because you're trying to get people not to escape. But we have to think there's fire hazards for a reason. But that's the reason why that many people passed. Yeah, it's because they were locked in. The fire. They were locked in. They were in locked in, which is... They probably didn't have the fire extinguisher. They didn't have the proper resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking back to boarding school in Jamaica, right? And the you're not locked in from the outside, right? So the house mothers, um, their stations are on the 
outside. But they don't lock they never locked the girls in. The the door was locked from the inside because, you know, sometimes girls would get up in the middle of the night, need to use the restroom. So they were able to go out. But locking them in, that's a heck of a no no. So if somebody needs to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, what them do? Them have to bang down the door. What happens? I, I, I think that that should never have happened. That should never be the case. The key, the, the key needs to be on the inside so that the, the girls, and I understand, girls are going to sneak out. Trust me. That are going a long time. And at any boarding school, whether um, <laughs> my brother went to Monroe, most of the boys in our family back in Jamaica went to Monroe. That was the norm. Hampton girls used to sneak. You know what? Let me stop. But the sneaking out <laughs> happens, right? It happens. It's inevitable. Let us something from what we kill Philip. But it does not justify you locking them in a dormitory. <sighs> because also thing is, what is happening in this school where you feel like you have to lock these girls in? Because I'm pretty sure it's not just this girl is the situation. Because if that's a habit yeah. thing... It's the sneaking out they're trying to control. Because, of course, God forbid the pit and them go sneak out and get pregnant. Lord, I must say, who then go get pregnant for? Could have be the security guard? Could have be some male? Could it be a teacher? Whoever this male figure is. So I think, that, you know, it's trying to mitigate that. But then now you have created another problem. So unfortunately that it's so unfortunate that this situation um, has happened. But it also opens up the conversation for how girls are or how students overall whether it's an all-boys school or an all-girls school and they offer boarding how are they managed and monitored right safety procedures do they have smoke alarms in place doubt it right that we do, I, I remember in, in high school we had drills. You had fire drills, right? Um, for both day and day students and boarders, as well as boarders. You know what to do, where you'd gather, so on and so forth. Oh, damn! I don't know. Good morning. Morning, Javed. Morning. So, when I was growing up. I always thought that children that were sent to boarding school mm -hmm. were children that parents, mm, let me just say it, could have managed, couldn't manage, or really didn't want to marry or manage. Mm -hmm. You know, their life was more hectic, and it was just easier for them to send the children away so you do have to extend grace if she found someone that made her feel wanted mm -hmm. um so when i'm when i'm listening to the story i think the problem lies in everyone mm -hmm. as well as we see what children do here when their phones are taken away. Now this is just escalated to another thing. Mm -hmm. 
And unfortunately, until we really start speaking to our children in a way that they can understand and we can understand, um, speaking to them instead of at them, getting help if we feel that we are not able to communicate with our children properly, mm-hmm. I think I think situations like this will just continue. All right. And I, yeah. All right. So uh, thank you so much. So I want to clarify um, for you, Javed. Well, in Jamaica, I, I, I can only speak for Jamaica. There you have remand schools and then you have boarding schools. Remand schools are for schools um, for stu- children who are troublesome, right? Boarding schools are an option. So you meaning not because you can't deal with your child. A boarding school is just a regular high school that offers the um, opportunity for the child to stay on full time. You go home every fourth weekend, every midterm holidays, and of course during the summer and Christmas break and Easter break. Um, Boarding schools are more suitable for some um, family structures because depending on the distance that the child would have to travel. For example, um, the high school I went to is in the parish of Trelawney. We had students from all over the island. It would in no way be possible for... um, a student to travel from Kingston to Trelawney every day and then back home or from Montego Bay. Um, for those who were not able to get a space on campus um, in the town, um, private boarding, you know, people would open up their homes for private boarding. So in this case, the high schools in Jamaica boarding is not for children who are whose parents can't control them it's as a matter of fact being able to go to a boarding school in jamaica is somewhat of a privilege you know yeah so that's so i i still look at it even when our children in the states here are sent off to college right Mm -hmm. they kind of prepare them to be away from their parents right Mm -hmm. is that happening and when you're sent to boarding school because i know some children go to boarding school when they're fairly young yeah 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 yeah. you depending on the age that you pass the back then it was called common entrance i think it's gsat is the name for it now right um so you are prepared and some children will tell you oh i want to go to boarding school because they're looking at a break away from their parents um trying to learn to be independent but boarding school does also groom you well for the all girls schools it they groom you to be a lady right to display ladylike behavior um in every aspect right same too for boys i, I know my my brother and my uh, my cousins went to monroe it was the same thing you're groomed to be gentlemen right um yes you are prepared if you say you want to go to boarding school or if it's a it's a family discussion because you get to choose the high schools you want to attend for for the majority the three schools that were usually chosen um were St. Hilda's High, Westwood High, and I'm talking for the region, you know, where I lived, it was St. Hilda's High, Westwood High or um 
Mount Alvernia, which is in Montego Bay. So you choose the school you want to go to. You choose if you want to live on campus or live off campus. And of course, there are conversations about how to conduct yourself because you're living. Um, some dormitories are bigger than others. So some are large spaces. Some are small. Some rooms have like four, four to five people. In some, you have 20. Some, you may have 40. So you're learning you're able to learn how to socialize so on and so forth if i'm if i'm helping yeah if i'm making sense i hope right so in jamaica it's not about that you're being a bad if you're bad you go I to remand. yeah if you're bad you go to remand school that's totally with remand school is like a juvenile uh, center so to speak yeah that's the difference um yeah. I, I I guess I feel I feel some type of way when children aren't with their actual parents because you're handing over the mentality of your child to a stranger that in all honesty may or may not have compassion to take care of your child in the way that they may need. So I just that's always been in my mind. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I guess if I, I tell you something, Javed, probably if you grew up in um, if you were living in Jamaica, um, you'd it's part of. I don't know if I should say culture. You know, it's a part of culture. It's something that many people want. Oh, my gosh, I, I want to go to boarding school, you know. Um, yeah. And you form lasting relationships, you know. It's a sisterhood for life or a brotherhood for life. And um, yeah, the, for us in, in Jamaica, I want to say it's a positive thing. Now, am I saying it's 100% the best thing for every child in Jamaica? No. Ha, has it been a positive thing for every child that has gone to boarding school in Jamaica? No, right? Everyone is different. But if you choose to go to a boarding school, which is miles away from home, it's going to be impossible for you to be a day student. Day student meaning you're able to go home every day, right? And you, yeah, so it's a choice. Um, there are pros and cons, I guess they would say. Yeah, but I mean, to truly understand the concept of it and see the benefit of it and how it is viewed, um, I guess you'd have to be living in Jamaica to truly understand it. I understand the American viewpoint. I do get it that it's looked at. You know, it has a kind of a negative connotation to it. I don't know if anybody else um, from the islands or from Jamaica wants to share their perspective on boarding schools. Um, I mean, it's the same. Uh, it, it's about distance, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's about distance. A lot of people can't travel to and forth. And um, remember, Jamaica too, we have a lot of. Um, we have a lot of parents that live overseas. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of foreigners. Yep. That send their kids to school um, in Jamaica. Remember, we're using the British system. So it's, it's the same boarding concept they have in England also. But we have a lot of foreigners that, that, that live in Jamaica. A lot of people move around and the kids need to be stable. So, you know, that's all the boarding school come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So same, same thing you're saying, moments. Yeah, yeah. You know, I tell my boys, if we were living in Jamaica, they all would have gone to Monroe, every single one of them. 
<laughs> you know, and it's yeah, and and those Monroe kids and or Knox, Knox also. Knox, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot of the, the 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 guys that I know that went to Knox, they would they would never change it for for, for anything, anything in the world. They yeah. love Knox. Just like when I tell people that I went to an all boys school here in the states, they look at me weird, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Let me get more girls now. Uno for school. <laughs> The school, college school, and I was like, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, um, my best days of my life was at JC. So, hey, yeah, but yeah, they, it, it's a different thing, you know. It have nothing to do with being bad or anything right. like that. Actually, a lot of the kids who go bored in school forget rid of them. <laughs> they won't get rid of their parents. It's true. But I remember after doing West, after completing Westwood, and uh. I was supposed to go to Hampton to do sixth form and I cried the entire way. And it wasn't because for me, I cried because I didn't want to be away from home, you know, and I'm glad I didn't have to go <laughs> in the end. My tears worked out and in part, that was not the only reason I was told I would have to do over fifth form again because I was too young for sixth form. And I was like, no, I'm not doing fifth form for a third time because I had to redo fifth form because when I graduated, I was 14. So there's no, but nowhere would take me at 14 years old. And so I had to do fifth form again, graduate at 15. Hampton said, no, she's too young. She half it over fifth. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that over. And that plus my tears worked out for my benefit. <laughs> I think I want to think I was saved. I got to stay at home. Yeah, but um, so boarding school in Jamaica, I want to say is a good thing. Definitely. All right. So let's see. Um, Again, Nastra, I thank you for sharing your perspective because I wasn't looking at it at all that way. And I'm sure many of us weren't looking at it that way. We have to look at what happens in our culture, what has been tolerated, what we have allowed Um folks to get away with we also have to look at security measures that need to be reviewed and you know changes so on and so forth um but our thoughts and prayers definitely go out to these family members all right next up um law association says government must call local government elections this story is courtesy of tt.loopnews.com The Law Association says the government needs to call the local government election soon, following a ruling of the Privy Council on the matter. In a statement on Tuesday, the association cited that in Ravi Maharaj versus the Cabinet of Trinidad and Tobago, the Privy Council, by a majority of three to two, found that the changes to sections 11 and 12 of the Municipal Corporations Act brought into effect by the miscellaneous provisions local government reform act of 2022 could not lawfully extend the terms of office of present councillors and aldermen from three to four years the clear implications of the privy council's ruling are that the government must call local government elections as soon as possible and must consider validating legislation to remedy any illegality that may have ensued as a result of the postponement of local government elections. It noted that the reasoning behind that Privy Council's finding is in keeping with the principle of legislative interpretation, whereby legislation does not ordinarily have a retroactive effect. 
And for our next story, Caribbean leaders committed to regional digital integration. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The Trinidad-based Caribbean Telecommunications Union, CTU, says at least nine Caribbean countries have signed the Port of Spain commitment on digital integration, signaling a commitment to collective action in pursuit of sustainable digital transformation across the region. It said, in addition to the nine countries, two senior advisors with responsibility for digital transformation signed the agreement that marked the culmination of discussions that took place during the executive sessions on digital leadership in the Caribbean last week. It said, as a result, the meeting agreed to consider the creation of a regional government cloud, leveraging existing or planned government data centers across the Caribbean region, establish a regional data center to provide a more cost-effective and resilient solution for data storage and management, as well as develop a regional C-CERT computer security incident response team to coordinate collaboration among national CSRTS. Okay. I guess that's a good thing. The 11 countries which formed part of the commitment are Trinidad and Tobago, Antigua and Barbuda, Barbados, Belize, Curaçao, Dominica, Grenada, Haiti, Suriname, St. Kitts and Nevis, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. The CTU is eager to assist in moving the digital agenda forward to promote regional ICT integration and accelerate digital transformation within the single ICT space. And we head on over to Jamaica for the remainder of our stories. First up, PSOJ president says the prime minister's decision to reject salary increase is purely symbolic. President of the Private Sector Organization of Jamaica, PSOJ, Metrisiaga, has described Prime Minister Andrew Holness's decision to reject his new salary increase as purely symbolic. According to Mr. Siago, the move won't do much to appease the growing angst of members of the public in response to the salary increases to the political directorate. The Prime Minister made a symbolic gesture by agreeing to give his salary. It's a symbolic gesture. I am more concerned with the, the accountability component. He has assured us that these things will be put in place and in short order. It's now for us to hold him to that. <laughs> Did I expect something different politically? Yes. Uh, practically, no. Mr. Siaga says people would have felt better had the retroactive salaries been stayed entirely. So what do I think would have eased people's minds. Maybe if the Prime Minister had said, listen, we're gonna there's no retroactive pay, we're gonna start at the beginning of January twenty twenty four and we'll stretch it stretch it over instead of three years, we'll stretch it over six years. Something like that may have appeased people. But and all the Prime Minister has done he did the opposition when he said that he would give back most of his the reason that they both can is because they can afford it. And that's what people are saying. Metro Siaga, president of the private sector organization of Jamaica, he was speaking on Nationwide 5 last evening. <laughs> I, I agree. I do believe it is purely symbolic. I, I don't think it's much. Um, well, let me put it this way. It's much ado about nothing. Let me say it that way. Um, the only reason they're doing anything, it's because of the fire 
that they came under. But what about the other ministers? What about the other cabinet ministers? Are we going to take Metrosiaga's recommendation? Even if you want to include the retroactive, can we spread it out over a wider time frame? An update from our Prime Minister. It is important that the country is assured that its leader understands their concerns. As your leader, I do. Therefore, I have directed the Transformation Implementation Unit to remove the Prime Minister's compensation from the new salary scale. The Prime Minister's compensation will therefore remain at its previous levels. To be clear, no retroactive payments will apply to the Prime Minister's pay. This is turning out to be one meke meke sappy sappy poto poto sinti. When you like a bit of pitna ya play dalios, we always say peace pot. Prime Minister, this will not end well without your expert intervention. We're going to need you to solicit your innate political expertise because in this situation right here, such is warranted. So you know, but I want none. Me nobody want none revert mine to the original state, restore to factory settings. Me no want any, me no want no retro because I'm the leader who listens and I'm the leader who understands. I am touched by the feeling of your infirmities. Mr. Prime Minister, if you see value in making some adjustments on your end to the extent that you want to roll it all the way back to the original state, you don't see any value in making any adjustment in any of the other one them own. Nobody come out here, come show no pity party and come insult you, you know, in this somber tone. You know, in the arms of an angel. Listen, no bother with that. Okay, so now the Prime Minister of the country is willing to take the lowest salary. You know, this is what come in like, say, the chief executive officer of a major organization choose to go to the pick up garbage because he wants to be seen as being so humble and down to earth and relatable. Sir, if you are not doing the requisite job to get the credit, you will not be able to do the additional to qualify for the extra credit. Let us take a minute to distinguish between listening and hearing. Listening is an active effort that is channeled into trying to decode, discern, or decipher sound in your environment. Hearing happens when you successfully transmit that information to the brain, assimilate that information, process it, and produce an output that matches with the stimulus, which is the sound that you're hearing from your environment. In our latter years, Miss Pearl, we did and gone, spend a lot of time listening, but she never spent a lot of time hearing because after the cochlea and the different part of her ears start to go bad. She said she get lazy in the ears, so hardly attack, sometimes she not hear nothing, so we say she had a hearing. Mr. Prime Minister, please do not be accused of being hard of hearing, worse yet, Please do not be accused of selective hearing. It is impossible to follow the blueprint of a building slavishly if the excavation work is flawed and the foundation is faulty. Prime Minister, it's going to take some reflection on the part of the Jamaica Labour Party, but one of the things that you have to be willing to come to terms with is that you did put the carriage ahead of the horse. 
all of this announcement now about job description and, and accountability and whatever the case may be those facets should have been put in place before you even disclose the details of a financial restructuring you're gonna come under fire you know because you really and truly come out with a wholesome package rewarding people for a job that you have not even established the parameters for yet you you kind of start to see the issue that people have with your proposal i hate to be the bearer of wisdom and i understand the difficulties that might come with having to challenge yourself to listen to a little layman a little nobody we offer you some advice but in this one instance you have to go just excavate again you have got to dig over the foundation prime minister the whole financial restructuring needs to be revisited you need to look back at the governor general's salary the deputy prime minister's salary like you cannot just hear that yours is exorbitant you also need to hear the others as well and don't get me started on the doubling tripling and fuppling of school principal salaries when the teacher them out there with the school them help up on them shoulder like a coffin under them little 100 and them little 200,000 dollar a month for the future of we little rock jamaica prime minister i beg you do i have confidence in you and i have confidence in the financial prowess of the goodly mr clark Please, I beg you now, for the sake of God and everything that is holy, do the right thing. Oh, by the way, asking for a friend. When you say you at the Prime Minister money, does that mean that you also don't get the MP money? Just out of sheer curiosity, when a person is a member of parliament and then they become a cabinet minister, a two different pay or the same pay. So like how oh, you are Prime Minister but you are also MP, you get PFA, a Prime Minister and MP are just like one package. So like when you say you know, want the Prime Minister money, you still get like the $12 million MP money. Just to try to understand. As I say, asking for a friend. But, but you, see, you see where I go with this. You see, so me, me not have no bad intention or anything. I just ask for like little people that are grown, where they really have no platform for voice them feelings. I love him. Oh my God, that was so enjoyable. I love him. I love him. I love him. Javet, I love him. Miss Pearly Grandson. For all who is asking and wants to know, you can find him on TikTok. Yes, love him. Love his delivery. Love the way he breaks it down. And yes, I do have the same question and when i saw the video yesterday of course i had to save it i'm like yes this will be good entertainment for us for tomorrow serious though right um do they get the salary for real do they get two salaries or is just one even though they're still member of parliament for their constituency because that would not be right and then it leads me to make a suggestion to the government of Jamaica that anyone who becomes prime minister needs to fill their constituency gap. They should not be serving dual roles because there is no way you are going to be able to be efficient and effective as a member of parliament for your constituency while running the country. Am I being unreasonable? Would anyone agree with me or no? I agree. Yeah. Give it up. Because if I'm 
it would be like me being in a company with you, Javed, and I become CEO, but I still hold another position, um, say, executive ad administrative assist assistant, what do you call it? Executive, you know, <laughs> the side chick. <laughs> Lord, forgive me, let me behave myself. Whee! Yeah. Okay, Nastra says she sent me something on uh, IG. Let me run over there real quick before I move on because I don't want to lose the opportunity to mention it. All right, yeah, so Miss Pearly grandson, I'm sure Miss Pearly is very proud of you. Um, great question. So what are we going to do about the members of parliament? What are we going to do about that? So <laughs> this is something <laughs> Nastra sent over. Of course, I have to share. I have to share. We have to get a good laugh, right? What I'm, what I'm saying, you have to take bad things, make joke. Yeah, that's what I'm going to write about now. Hold your belly button, people. Don't make it drop out. All right? <sighs> Look here. The U.S. Prime, the U.K. PM salary is U.S. $160,000. The UK population, 60 million. Cost per citizen, 3 cents. US president salary, 400,000. US population, 340 million dollars. Sorry, 340 million people. Cost per citizen, 11 cents. Canada PM salary, US 265,000. Canada's population, 38 million. Cost per citizen, seven cents. Jamaica's prime minister salary, US 200,000, roughly, give or take, depending on what exchange rate you use. Jamaica's population, three million. Cost per citizen, 67 cents. Jamaica's GDP is 15 billion. Canada's GDP is two trillion. USA's GDP is 23 trillion and UK's GDP is 3 trillion. Somebody please show me how it makes sense as every angle that I have looked, it looks more cruel and inhumane. So indeed, not control a pity party as Miss Pearly grandson said, because now that's what you're doing. You're slapping dog crap in our faces, making your making us feel like you're the something for it. What you're doing in essence is say, Una tap talk now, send me do something there. See me get back there and I can't stop talking now. No, we're not done talking yet. As a matter of fact, we're just about ready to get started. What are we going to do about the, the up? Well, Mr. Golding said he is going to give his to charity. No, put it back in the kitty. Not give to no charity because I'm not trust that charity story there. Who is the charity? What is this charitable organization? Who manages this charitable organization? Who are the benefactors of this charity organization? Me not trust that. X that out. Put it back in the kitty. A taxpayer money. You not going to take the money and determine how you, who, which, what you're going to do with it. Give it back to the people. Nothing going to slick with it. So let us be forthcoming. Um, Mr. Holness, I think you're going to have to make another presentation. You are going to have to go back behind the podium and answer the questions that Miss Pearly Grandson has as it relates to the salaries 
Are you <laughs> getting both? Are you only getting one? And in giving up one, will you still be eligible for the other? We want we want to know how that will go. We also needed to talk about what you're going to do about the other members of parliament, so on and so forth. And I would like to add to that. Please explain the reasoning behind the shuffle that you did because some of it just no make no sense. I'm not sure you're utilizing the resources appropriately, but who am I to question? I mean, I have no um, prime minister experience. I mean, I have no member of parliament experience. I'm just an onlooker, just an observer. So let us have some conversation about that. Please let us know how you came up with the decision to shuffle the, you know, do some shuffling. Granted, you only shuffled around three ministers and the rest of the shuffling of the deck was with state ministers within ministries. Okay. Whilst you're at it, I would like you to clarify because there seems to be a disconnect between yourself and the governor of the Bank of Jamaica because the governor of the Bank of Jamaica is saying that Jamaica can afford the salaries. There is no problem. So I needed to clarify to the, to the nation, how is it that the governor of the Bank of Jamaica is saying, we can afford to pay the salaries, the $1.5 billion, right? We can afford it. But yet, when teachers and so on and so forth were asking for more, you said no money not about. Right? That's what you said. There's no more water in the well. The bucket drop out. Not more not dead. So please explain where did this money come from? And people want to know. Did Jamaica hit the lot or did we did Jamaica win a lottery jackpot or we don't know about? We want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Because how did this billion, over a billion dollars just appear? Magically appear? Where has it been sitting all this time? Did you cash in a retirement fund? Where did this windfall come from? So you need to answer. And I think I had another thing that he needs to answer as well. Oh, yes. Can we please, I mentioned this the other day, can we please have the job description for each minister? And as a matter of fact, for everybody within the ministry, state ministers, everything, minister without portfolio, yada, 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 yeah. We need the job description. We need to know the KPIs. We need to know the standards that they're being held to. We need to know how frequent they are going to have a review. And I also would like you to tell us when we're going to have an election. We're done. Anybody else have anything to add to it that they need to address for me? Or did I, did I capture our concerns? Um, I need to know what we're going to do about crime. Add that in there. Because with the, the, with the, with the over 100% increase, we're supposed to see crime cut right away. Boop. Done. With a how much percent increase, everybody should have a job right now. And I know I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> but did I miss out anything, folks? Anything we need to add, put it in the chat. Or please open your mic. Make we hear what, what else. What else, my miss?
<laughs> Lady Sauce says she prettier than the Kardashian. Them, I feel laugh. Hey, I don't know, Lady Sauce. What are you doing? You're, you're in the you're in the church or you're in the dance hall. Pick one. Pick a struggle. Just one. Oh, y'all heard her. Um, y'all heard her thing. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I show we a trend. Yes. It's a madal and them. Yes. I pop them out and them no make sense. Yes. We a trend. Pretty than the Kardashian them. What was that? We're pretty than the pretty than the pretty, pretty than the Kardashian them. Nice. Look at that. <laughs> That's right, Leonisa. <laughs> Who wants her back in dance hall? What do we feel? She should just go back to dance hall and then when she's really ready. She, she, she step over. What, what do you think? I think she should just go back to dance hall and call it a day. But Good morning, don't, everyone. Don't they have dance hall gospel? What on earth? <laughs> Hold on, Yes, Dre, they do. But I better take it a workout fair like the mix up what she had gone with. <laughs> go on, Rosola. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, I think she should take some, just step back totally. Just, just step because you're confusing us. I'm confused. So she needs to step back totally and figure out what she wants to do, and then come out with a bang. Because this lady saw either way, we're gonna love her and we're gonna support her. But the, the flip flopping thing for me is confusing. What, what like Dre said, sing dancehall gospel, but you can't. What do you mean you're pretending to Kardashian? What, what is the what, what is that? What part of gospel is that? <laughs> So she, she needs to have a sit down or solo with um, Lieutenant Stitchy because <laughs> Stitchy, Stitchy is doing dance all gospel and going good. So she needs to exactly. sit down with somebody that it's working for. Like, mm -hmm. And Papa yeah, San. Then. Papa San, yeah, this big flopping thing, as you said. Yeah, it's too much. It's, 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 we're going to support Lady Saul. We, we supported her when she said she was going to do gospel. We supported her. Yeah. She's the only one that seems confused and not and doesn't understand what and doesn't like doing. So figure it out. We're here. We're here waiting. We're, your supporters are here, to, you know, to support when you decide where what you really want to do. Because the flip flopping does it doesn't look good. <laughs> but but did she ever try it though? Gospel dance hall gospel. Yeah, I don't think so. Because <laughs> things kind of different for women and others. <laughs> you know, as a man can do gospel and like uh, for women, they used to see her on stage or whatever. So probably people don't even want to accept her like that. We don't know, you know, this world bias. We don't. Know. That's true. That's true. And these are mine. I feel me them. I feel me them. I feel me them. Yeah, I'm my titty them. I feel me them. I feel me them. Yeah, I feel me them. Yes, I God give me them. Bless body. So I throw me a trend. Oh Jesus! Hold on. No, no. <laughs> You see what I mean? Boom! Oh my God! Thank you. Yeah. 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 Naturally, pretty, 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 pretty
Let's 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 be clear. Hold on, hold on. Let me close this out. Sorry, go ahead, Kevra. Go ahead. I'm sorry. She don't want close out. She don't want close out. Oh gosh, hold on. She giving me a hard time. Let us be of yourself. Sorry, Kevra. Go ahead. Come on, morning, everyone again. But to be to be fair, I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here. Oh Lord, here we go. What is what is wrong with how she expresses herself? I think maybe in our heads we have this uh, notion of how Christians are supposed to behave. I mean, like she 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 is she's being who she is. I, I've not heard yet, and I'll stress she say anything that is outlandish or let me vulgar. Well, I don't know if I should say that either, but. I don't sit here, she accosts no bad one, and I go on and, and them wear this. So she says she's pretty and Kardashian and them is, I don't see nothing wrong with that. She said, she said titty, another word for breasts. I don't see anything wrong with that either. And yes, she did come out with an album after um, she transitioned to Christianity, and some of it is, is gospel dance all. Um, was it successful? Maybe not, but um, I guess that depends on whose lens you're using. But... I don't think it's fair to judge her based on how she's expressing herself. And I think it's how we view Christians, um, or we grew up seeing Christians behave. Ah, Kev Rock always saving everybody, right? So, <laughs> you ever hear this saying, Captain Save a Kev Rock defending everybody and seeing the good in everything. Now, um, let me respond, and I'm sure other people are going to respond as well. Oh, one last thing. Yeah. One last thing. That is different from the pastor with it there on the pulpit. And <laughs> I said, you know, <laughs> all those words. That's a whole different extreme. You know? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, with Tasha, Tasha need to send me that video, you know. Tasha, please send me that video that you put up on your story. Send it to me in IG, please, because I need to laugh some more. Um, okay, so here is my thing. Be true to thine to thine own self, be true. Come out and say exactly who you are so that we don't feel confused because no man is perfect. No, nobody's perfect. No one will ever be perfect, right? Forget that. We'll never be. We can strive for it, but we'll never be. But here is the thing. When you take on a certain role, certain things are expected. Certain behaviors are expected, right? This thing, she was throwing daggers. Move away from the mix-up lifestyle. Rise above. Do not keep coming down. Right? You want to pull people up. Don't do that. Be a leader. How you mixing preaching with a talk about am I? She's preaching in her, and in the middle of it, am I titty them? Am I titty them? How can you be doing that? Which church am I going to go in and sit down and tolerate that? None. Have some reverence. You cannot be in the middle of a, of, a, of delivering a sermon and then you're going to start throw daggers at people. That doesn't make no sense. So what are you telling the, the sheep? No one of them call with sheep because we are idiots. Because we sit down and sap it up. 
let us stray. Rise above. Just last week, she's on YouTube in a one bag of mix up with, with um between Pretty Dan and um what other one? Queen Africa. Stay away from certain things. Why are you getting yourself in the in the mix up mix up banga banga for? <laughs> Kev Rock's a pastor, them throw daggers. Well, thankfully, I don't go to a church where there's a pastor. So we don't have daggers being thrown at my church. Thank God for that. Right? And I think you find that a lot in the charismatic churches. But um, just last week, and if you go on YouTube, you'll see it. She had to award them with um, Queen Africa. What's she doing a mix-up with Queen Africa? Them and yatty yatty when them there, Europe with Tony Rebel. How does that help her? How does that help her? How does that help her? Third time. How? Come out and say, listen, people. Me are struggling now. Me holy but me hood. Like I always say. Me no make fun for it. I'm under construction. Come forward and own it. And I think people will, will respect you more for that. So listen. Me love God. And me trying to serve God. And turn away from this. And it is hard for me. Acknowledge your struggles with it. Because we all struggle. Some of us who have said we want to take on the armor of God. Some of us struggle with pornography. Some of us struggle with stealing, lying, cheating. Name it. We struggle. We all have our struggles, but acknowledge your struggles. But. You can't go on like you're in at the church 100% but you have your foot. You know when you tip your toe in at the pan? Make up your mind. And if you're struggling, be honest with us and we will support you more. We will lift you up more instead of sitting down and judging you. And yes, we're not supposed to judge anybody. Only God can judge us. I agree. But I don't think she's setting the right example, especially for someone, um, for people who are new on the journey. Remember, we are living in a confused world. We're in a confused time. People are searching for something. I don't think you should be confusing those who are looking up to you. I really don't think so. That's my two cents. But... Um, well, I want to admit to struggling with something. I struggle with road rage. <laughs> and I don't understand that when a man is driving slowly and you go around him, then he decides that he needs to show his manhood. Mm. And I just appreciate the laughter that you gave me. So I didn't have to cuss out this man no, this don't, morning. Don't, don't cuss That's about. what I struggle with, and I appreciate the laughter. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Javet. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Phyllis. Good morning, everyone. Um, I think she's struggling, right? But what she's struggling with, because... She enjoys the, you know, the 
music industry. Mm-hmm. She enjoys that part of her life. But I think she's struggling because she, she can't figure out how she can create who she is now. Like, she has the opportunity to, because she was one of the biggest female dancehall artists, she has the opportunity to create that mixture of of her um, religious side and her performing performance side, right? She has the opportunity to create a new avenue, and I think that's where she's struggling because she doesn't, she don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, well, at least in the town I live in, there's a lot of former dance hall participants <laughs> who are now in the church and they they you can tell them separately because of how they dress and not that they dress provocatively but they dress right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this and designer that and they're like you can you know them those are the the same audience that she can capture right but for me, she don't know. She she can't figure out how to do it, and and she's making the wrong choices. Um, there's a big concert in New York coming up in June, the at the Roy Wilkinson Park or something like that. And she's on the she's on the um on it with various other artists, and even a song clash. I want to go so bad. Um, they, when they announced that she was going to be on it on social media, they asked the question, do you want to see Lady Saw or you want to see Marion Hall? And of course, the majority of the responses were Lady Saw. Lady Saw. <laughs> right? And I think that was probably a promotional you know, move for the promoter. Mm-hmm. However, a few people did say Marion Hall. So I'm looking forward. I don't know if I'm going to attend because I'm attending another concert um, at Barclay the week before. Um, but I'm in- interested to see what she's going to do mm-hmm. because I think she's struggling in, in the two worlds. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Miss Phyllis. And your 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 um your point goes along with what Dre put in the chat. God gave her the talent and she decided to throw it away for God. She just needs to figure out how to use that talent in a different space and she hasn't figured it out yet. I know someone just opened their mic. Go right ahead. Javet, go right ahead. It was, it was me. So in all seriousness, um, I don't think she what she's struggling with is the identity that the world puts on people. Instead of coming 100% herself, she's struggling with what religious people would think about her, and she's struggling with um, the music industry puts on her. Mm-hmm. We have to start identifying with ourselves. As long as we're not disrespecting anyone, mm-hmm. Be 100% who you are. Period. Period. We can't sit here and now say the Christianity way is the right way. Because every day in the news, we see something different. Right. We can't sit here and say that being Baptist is the right way. Because every every day in the news, you see something different. We all have our faults. 
So come 100% herself, everyone, come 100% themselves and stop thinking about what society sees you at. And I yield. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for your point, uh, Javet. Thank you, Miss Phyllis. And thank you, Kev Rock. Yeah. Um, I love Lady Saul. I don't know who Marion Hall is. I know it's her government name, but I don't know who Minister Marion Hall is. When she's able to introduce Marion Hall to me, 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 moments with me, not anybody else, to me, and I see her and I'm able to see her as Marion Hall, Minister Marion Hall, then I will embrace her as Marion Hall. Right now, if I'm on left, I'm on my, you know the rest, fault. That's the latest song. That, that's who I know. And that's who I love. And that's who I'm going to hold on to until I feel otherwise. And she will have to prove, well, I, should, I don't want to put that stress on her. But as she makes her journey, when she gets to a certain point, you know, then I'll jump, you know, I'll jump over on that side. And she come whole within herself, not yes. prove anything right. to anyone. I don't want, yeah, exactly. I mean, I want her to prove nothing to nobody. But right now, I got your man and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. That's the girl for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. It's, you know, what can I say? Um, I'm a be. I'm being honest. Love me or hate me. That's the latest saw that I. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. That's the latest saw I love right now. I'm waiting for her to. <laughs> I'm waiting for her to make that switch. <laughs> Me backside it naturally towards some y'all old body it a form And how you do belly and you look so? Eh? How you do breast and you look so? Eh? How you do body and you look so? My girl, you don't see a good Me and me look good, man, So I'm shocked because I think she was going to break that out when she was doing her preaching but she probably turned around and see the banner behind her and that gave her a quick reminder. Oops, this is church. You hear the similarity? <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, Kev Rock, you okay? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. So before, before we go any further, so I came across this video. I don't know why um, Tasha posted this on her timeline. But you know something, I am trying my best to behave myself. This is something I struggle with. I'm in a shame about it. I do struggle with it. I pray for me. Um, Bible said the food, only the food makes the marks out of God. He's nothing to be played with. And food and heart says there's no God, but God is real. I just come home drunk from school, laying up with men. I'll be a prostitute and having all sex with my mouth, licking me in balls. Now, 
Let me ask you a question. That's her testimony, and I appreciate her honesty. But was she right to be that graphic in church? That's her testimony. That's her testimony. That's her testimony. They know a ball guy. <laughs> they lick balls too. They just may not say it. <laughs> you see, that's why. That's why. You and I could not be in that church together watching no. her do that testimony because no. we run it up out of there laughing. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you stood up and said, Yes, I lick balls too. That's I what you would have said. <laughs> Wait a minute, y'all. This is a family radio program. Can we get back to the regular schedule programming? Chief. 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 That was in charge. All three y'all go in the corner. All three y'all. That was in charge. Go in the corner. Well, you got to put Tasha in the corner too because it's all four of us. That was in church with children in the church. The woman was giving her testimony. Okay, kids. Have a good day. See you later. Where you gone? <laughs> okay, Rosolo, Javet, we're all in timeout. <laughs> okay, I'm going back in my corner. I'm sorry. I can't go back in my corner. <laughs> no, you have to do the rest of the show. You go. You do. Proceed. Read the chat. Read what Javet put in the chat. <laughs> Javet, you wrong for that? <laughs> you gotta let Chief kick us out the room. <laughs> Bye. Sonnet is the only one behaving herself. Good Sonnet. Save us, Sonnet. Save us. Oh Lord. <sighs> but we it needed what it is. Yeah, it we is needed to laugh. Thank you, Tasha. That's the whole thing. We 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 act like we we're not supposed to say certain things and I get that there are children in the church. I understand what you're saying, Chief. But we're so we're we're trained that you know we have to be so um insecure we have to hide or be you know feel that we, we did something wrong when she's telling her testimony you know she used to do it it is what it is and now i'm different mm -hmm. i don't see anything wrong with that i mean she looks I, I just i'm not gonna say it again what she said but because she was gonna <laughs> she was gonna disown me i don't want that but i don't see anything wrong with what she said I, I get that it's in the church, but that's the whole thing. You're supposed to be able to speak freely. Come as you are. When giving, when you're giving, especially when you're giving your testimony. Yeah. Test the what? You know what? <laughs> Goodbye, Chief. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. So. <sighs> Don't discriminate. <laughs> Go ahead, Donna. Oh, Lord. Here oh, comes the president. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody, I'm apologizing in advance. In I'm Just sorry. Be quiet for all the people in timeout. That <laughs> <laughs> timeout. All right. Is the entire class today. <laughs> but um, on a serious note, though, like um, church has been created in our communities and our societies to be something that is between heaven and earth. So you ain't totally in heaven yet, but you're not on earth, because a lot of the cases. These is the churches are divorced from the reality that the members seek or the reality the members deal with. 
You understand? So then you find people now going to church and you have to act a certain way. You have to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. You're expected to be. So you're always feeling less than yourself. You're always feeling unaccomplished. You're always feeling there is a standard set to you that you, you're never meeting. And then, you know, so a lot of people is confused. You understand? Because the thing that we like is the thing that we're wrong. You understand? And then you you have people that is holding you and judging you every day. But you know yourself, then people ain't know better than you. Everybody struggles. So it's like the elephant in the room. We all suffering from stuff, but we all hiding from the stuff we're suffering from. So we, all the times, church don't address the issues of the members. They don't address the issues of the community because it's supposed to be divorced from that. You understand? For instance, we go to church and we save and we pass through the block and we don't talk to the people on the block because they are sinners. Uh-huh. And we go to church and we only talk to sister this and brother that because we are all saved and going to heaven. But we don't pass the people that need saving. We don't talk to them. So how are we going to get them in the church? Yeah. And then we're saying, oh, well, they don't come to church because why? They feel like outcasts even before they get there. You understand? So I just think we have to redefine this whole, the church as an institution if you have to make a better impact in the community. And gone are the days when you do as you're told and you don't question stuff. Now people are actually questioning stuff. Why am I doing this? Why Why is the church not doing that? How can I do that? Why Why? Why? Why you read me out of church when I'm pregnant, but you come now and hug my baby and kiss it up after it's born? You understand? Because mm-hmm. it's so cute. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You throw me to the wolves when I need you, and then you, you're all holy after that. So I think it's just something, the change, the same church is going to changes that the church is not ready for, not just the people in the church. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. We got a good laugh, but there is some seriousness in it as well. There's a message in all of that, you know? None of us wants to be judged. That's the truth. My only thing, though, I will say this. The issue I have with people giving... (laughs) Let me tell you something. This is not the platform for it. I think you all know my struggles, which I have aired them on uh, Days After Dark. I'm in a shame about them. But um, struggles by whose standards, though, really? But anyway... um, the one thing, though, I, I have an issue with when it comes to testimony in church is that people get up and bear their souls. Why do we have to do that? Why can't I just have a one-on-one meeting with the pastor or a deacon or a deaconess? Why do I have to stand up in front of the whole church and air my dirty laundry? for all and sundry myself included because mega sit down there mega eat a laugh or myself oh lord right um why should i have to do that why should i subject myself and i'm trying to understand from the charismatic churches and i grew up anglican what they call episcopalian here where it's a break away from the catholic church but you confess your sins in silence. We have never, nobody has ever stood up in front of a congregation and aired their dirty laundry. So I'm not accustomed to that. So please forgive me. Why is it though in the charismatic churches that is the norm? Why people? Why do people have to do that? 
Is that how you get forgiveness for your sins by airing your dirty laundry? Why can't you just speak to one person or two persons in a room and you pour your heart out there? You confess your sins there and escape the judgment of the congregation. You do, you do. You can have that opportunity. I went to both. I grew up Anglican going to Anglican Church, St. Luke's up in um, in Flamsted. And then we went to the Baptist Church. And people didn't, not everybody stood up in front of the church and talk and say what their sins were. Because, of course, they were without sin. But that's another story. <laughs> um, but people didn't always, you can always have a meeting with the pastor. Okay. You didn't have to do it. In, you didn't have to you do it. You didn't have to. Okay. Some people are charismatic, like you said, and they want to, they want to be gregarious and say everything that's on their sleeve and in their hearts and whatever. But everybody's not like that. Some people are shy. They want to tell all the bad things they did or all the things they did that would be appear bad in the eyes of God and the people who serve this church. Mm -hmm. I'm not religious, obviously. I'm going to stop mocking. We know. But yeah, I didn't do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I did get baptized in that church. <laughs> well, you know what? Thank you. No, well, thank you for explaining that to me. Because, um, Sonet, I had to ask the question because I have been to, um, I have visited a few charismatic churches and I'm like, no, I can't do this. Mm -mm, can't do this at all. Um, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. It was way out of my comfort zone for me because it's not what I'm accustomed to. And everyone you go to, you see the same thing. People just airing their dirty laundry. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do we really have to know this? Can't you just go somewhere and confess your sins quietly or something? So it's, uh, uh, yeah, lack of exposure, I guess, on my part. Yeah. So yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, it's not like the it's not the Catholic Church where you're going to close yourself up in a box. You can go sit down face to face with the preacher if you choose to, or you can keep everything bottled up in your body too. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Sonette. So Michelle says true, but sometimes it's the moment that people are caught up in. Also, it helps encourage people um, should to feel that they are not alone. So now they feel safe. Okay, understand that. So they're now, because there are people in the congregation who have walked the walk, who have taken that path. And yeah, all right, no on the other side. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to laugh a little bit this morning. Thank you for humoring me. Back to business. Golding calls for balance and fairness amid public sector compensation upsets. Opposition leader Mark Golding says more must be done to bring balance and fairness to public sector workers under the government's recent compensation restructuring exercise. He notes that Labor Day is a reminder of the importance of solidarity and collective action Excuse me, in building a more fair and equal society. The Prime Minister made a symbolic gesture. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong clip. My bad. Wrong clip. Salary. It's a no, I hear you, it is also appropriate to recall the historic struggle of our workers in Jamaica for justice in the workplace. We are committed to bringing legislation to put an end to those abuses. I also wish to express solidarity and sympathy with the many public sector workers who feel disrespected and disadvantaged by the flawed process and inequitable outcomes of the recent public sector compensation transformation exercise. More must be done to bring balance, fairness and hope to the many public sector employees who have been left feeling disheartened and undervalued by what has taken place. While embracing the importance of climate change mitigation, Mr. Golding says there's still much work to be done when it comes to food security. 
In recent years, we've become increasingly reliant on imported foods, draining our country of foreign exchange and leaving us vulnerable to global price fluctuations and supply chain disruptions. As a nation, we must work together to create an economy in which local farmers and producers can thrive and in which everyone has access to nutritious and affordable food. This Labor Day, let us make a commitment to supporting local agriculture by planting more trees and expanding community gardens. That was Mark Golding, opposition leader. He was speaking during his Labor Day address to the nation. For our next story, we head on over to the Jamaica Star. Jamaica among world's most miserable countries. Wow. Woo, that's not good. I mean, I like the sound of that at all. Not at all. Not at, at, at all. But let's get into it. Let's hear what they have to say. Jamaica has been ranked as the 55th most miserable country in 2022, economically speaking. And that's according to Hanke's annual misery index in a story in U.S. conservative editorial magazine, National Review. The index is named after Steve Hanke, and I hope I said his name correct, professor of applied economics at Johns Hopkins University. The index is the sum of unemployment multiplied by two, inflation and banking lending, bank lending rates minus the annual percentage change in real gross domestic product per capita. This, anybody remember that formula? I just read it. Let me read it again. The index is the sum of unemployment multiplied by two. So that's U, U times two, inflation and banking lend, bank lending rates minus the annual percentage, who is putting it in algebraic form, minus the annual percentage change in real gross domestic product per capita. This year's index ranks 157 countries, and the higher the number, the less miserable the country is regarded to be. Jamaica's ranking was impacted primarily by unemployment. The island is tied at 55th with Burundi, with the African nation's biggest issue being inflation. Zimbabwe is the most miserable country on earth, primarily due to its inflation. Venezuela is second, with inflation also playing a major factor. Syria, Lebanon, and Sudan round out the most miserable. On the other end of the scale, Switzerland is the world's happiest country, followed by Kuwait, Ireland, Japan, and Malaysia. Some of Jamaica's Caribbean neighbors fared far better, with Barbados ranked 83rd and Trinidad and Tobago ranked 107th. I think we're number going to go down more by the time they do the report for next year and reveal it, I think our number is going to be even lower, meaning that we're even more miserable economically, especially after what just transpired with the um <laughs> with the pay with the pay that <laughs> them issue. Lord help us. So what are we going to do with this information, Jamaica? What is our POA? How are we going to um, because they say the higher the number, the less miserable the country is going to be. And I'll tell you something. I have to somehow agree with the um, the ranking because look at what's going on in the country. Look at what's happening. Right. So you have work to do, Minister of Finance, <laughs> not just tally up people's um, paychecks. But yeah, 
How are we going to change this? Change the trajectory so we can have a better outcome by next year. As if we don't know what to do with the money that was doled out to our members of parliament, here's something that can be done with it. Complaints intensify about the deplorable state of juvenile correctional facilities, story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. Human rights lobby group Jamaicans for Justice, F, I'm sorry, JFJ, says it continues to receive complaints about the poor living conditions of wards at several juvenile correctional facilities across the island. The statement comes on the 14-year anniversary of the fire at the Armadale Juvenile Correction Center in St. Anne, which claimed the lives of seven girls. Dozens more were left injured. Policy and advocacy specialist at JFJ, Jade Williams, says it's unfortunate that after such a tragedy, several recommendations have still not been implemented to prevent history from repeating itself. Some of the recommendations would have been, for example, the training of the persons who are there to operate the facilities in psychological discipline, <laughs> anger management, stress alleviation. And this was made because it, there was a concern that they were not being met based on the inquiry. Based on research, I haven't been able to see it implemented anywhere or to see any evidence of it implemented anywhere. But also, we would be concerned if it had been implemented as we continue to receive concerning reports that had these recommendations been implemented, we should not be. That was Jade Williams, policy and advocacy specialist at JFJ. It is alleged that the 2009 fire may have been caused by the use of tear gas by police who were trying to quell a disturbance at the facility after approximately 23 girls were placed in a dormitory as a means of punishment. So, 14 years. What happened? Who, who is in, which ministry is in charge of this facility? Does it come under Minister of Justice? The Minister of Justice? Or is it under the Ministry of Youth? Youth is who? Babsy Grange? Hold on there. Oh, boy. I would think justice. Just because the Babsy stuff is usually fun. Okay. And care and, and growth. They don't, once you get in the penal system or criminal system, it's going to go to justice. Go to justice. Okay. That's my thoughts. And that sounds reasonable. So how about we put them together to work together because they're youth, they're young people, juveniles, right? But the Ministry of, the Ministry of Justice. Now, before I jump on the Ministry of Justice, let me turn my attention to those who are in charge of the Armadale Juvenile Correctional Center. How many reports have you submitted demanding that an overall be done? demanding that there be refurbishing or renovation or whatever. How many reports do we have on file that we can present? Bring your receipts. Listen, we have reached out. It has been 14 years. Still, nothing has been done to ensure that history does not repeat itself. I sincerely hope that a report has been submitted at least once per year to the relevant ministry. Now to the relevant minister, if you have received those reports, if you have been in meetings where those um, concerns have been aired, what have you done? And if nothing, 
Why haven't you done something? So now I'm going to turn to the Minister of Finance. You see, these are the things that we need to be addressing in the country. Not doubling and tripling people's pay for non-performance for 10, 20, 30 years. These are the concerns. And then I'm also going to talk to the ministry, um, the minister, whoever the, um, where, where does this fall under? Armadale Juvenile in St. Um, the, the MP. Were you not, are you not aware of what's going on? That this remand facility is in poor state? Huh? What's up? You see, this is the problem I have. I wouldn't have a problem paying salary to people who are working. Who are, who are on top of their game. Now, I know the minister themselves cannot oversee everything and they, they rely on their parish councillors and so on and so forth. So nobody now work. Well, unfortunately, you are the, 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 the head of the chicken, so it's your head for chop. What's going on? And this is the problem we're having in Jamaica. There is zero accountability. There is no follow-up, no follow-through. Who is holding these people accountable? What are we waiting on? Roll up your sleeves and get to work. It's not about being driven around in an AC vehicle with the best shocks because you don't know want to fix the pothole them. So when you're not dropping that pothole, you don't feel it because you don't have super shocks from phone a vehicle. It's not about being in a suit and tie sitting behind a desk in an air-conditioned office. But it also entails you being in your communities and addressing concerns. So I will say this to the people who are managing the Armadale facility, step up, be more aggressive, more assertive, get things done. We don't want to wait until there is another fire or some atrocity before something is done. All right, we're done with that one day. On to some good news. We need some good news, right? Food hubs worth visiting in Barbados. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. So Barbados boasts of being the culinary capital of the Caribbean. Known for its grilled fish, fish cakes, and sumptuous macaroni pie, the island also has lots of inventive chefs, 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 who know how to put a delicious spin on everyday ingredients. No visit to Barbados is complete without a gastronomy experience. And while there are a number of restaurants all over the island, there are also a few food hubs where you can sample a diverse array of food and drinks. So here are four. Planning a trip to Barbados? You may want to check them out. Oystins or Oystins, O-I-S-T-I-N-S, Oystins, and I hope I said that right, my Barbados family. Let me know if I'm wrong. Friday nights mean lining up for grilled fish and other seafood at the Fish Fry in Oystins, a fishing village in the south of the island. It attracts many hungry souls on a weekend, but Friday nights are a must-do. 
The Oystens Bay Gardens, where all the activity is centered, contains several small huts where food is cooked and sold. Pats seems to attract the most people, but if you don't feel to line up, there are other places willing to hand you a menu to choose your food from. The garden also contains an ice cream shop and vendors selling jewelry, clothing, handicrafts, and other knickknacks. Then we can hop on over to the St. Lawrence Gap. Most islands have that one strip where you can find a number of restaurants, bars, hotels, and clubs to patronize. In Barbados, that is the St. Lawrence Gap. Located in the parish of Christ Church, the Gap is where you can dress up to go with your crew for a fun night out. Among the restaurants where you can enjoy a romantic dinner for two or an enjoyable meal with a group of friends is the Primo Bar and Bistro. Located on the water's edge of St. Lawrence Bay, Primo allows you to bask in the natural ambiance while enjoying Moroccan curry, seafood, ribs and steak and delectable desserts such as tiramisu, cheesecake and ice cream among other choices. Number three, Worthing Square Food Garden. If you're feeling for a more casual street food experience, Worthing Food Worthing Square Food Garden is a good place to check out. Located behind the Esso gas station in Rendezvous on the south coast, this is the place where you get street food from a number of food trucks and stands. You can sample, sample foods such as Trini Doubles, Jerk Chicken, Arepas, Jamaican food, and even cocktails from a Mount Gay bar. You can sit there and eat or you can take it out. So, where's the fourth one? No tell myself four and a half. Where's number four? Folks, that deprived us of number four. They deprived us of number four. I wanted to know number four. But anybody here been to Barbados and ever checked out any of these spots? Let us know. And if you're heading to Barbados, certainly check them out. All right, next up, Buja Buja Buja, where you dead. Buja Banton read his powerful new music post, St. Lucia Jazz Performance. Story courtesy of stlucia.loopnews.com. So, Jamaican artist Buja Banton captivated audiences at the highly anticipated 2023 St. Lucia Jazz and Arts Festival, delivering a sensational performance that left a lasting impact. Taking the stage on a glorious Friday evening, Buju showcased his repertoire of major hits while treating the crowd to his latest musical creations. Expressing his deep gratitude for the opportunity to perform in St. Lucia once again, the esteemed reggae artist emphasized that his performance was a true reflection of himself. Born Mark Anthony Myrie, Banton firmly believes that music serves as a powerful teacher, enabling individuals, including himself and fellow music lovers, to forge spiritual and musical connections with one another while reveling in its joyous essence. In 2011, the Grammy Award-winning uh, star was sentenced to 10 years in jail in the U.S. for his role in setting up a cocaine deal in 2009. He was found guilty of illegal possession of a firearm and conspiracy to possess 11 pounds of cocaine with intent to distribute. His sentence was reduced by two when the gun charge was dropped. He denied an involvement in any drug deal itself, maintaining it was all talk and the prosecution accepted he had no financial involvement. 
In 2018, he was released from a federal prison after serving seven years behind bars. Despite encountering numerous hurdles and challenges throughout his career, Bujo humbly acknowledges the invaluable lessons he has learned. In the past, he admits to possessing a level of naivety that caused him to dismiss certain remarks with an it can't be like that mentality. However, once his eyes were opened to the truth, he became acutely aware that knowledge is an unstoppable force that forever alters one's perspective. Bujo passionately emphasizes that every experience, no matter how arduous, serves as an opportunity for personal growth. And I think that line right there is something all of us can take with us, right? No matter how arduous the experience or the experiences, it or they serve as an opportunity for, for growth, all right? Okay, so here is his song, his newest one, High Life. Budja Banton and Snoop Dogg. Travis, what do you choose? You know what I choose? I'm going to speak for that. Don't make the rules. I like Cool weed all day and night Right vibes See my nerve make me laugh I say I like From the farm, no preserve, no, no added. Burn it in your nostril, you feel it in your forehead. THC and the general married. Get to in the nation, foundation solid. One call him on in the morning, just won't do. No, sir. This is a dance when you come back with your love of you. I went to Mongo do for some of the Dungeon Crew. One puff and the smoke on my bill and the sea. Oh, on the beach of my lip, oh, sitting in the night show. Looking at my life and look at what I've been through. Marijuana, me nothing, nobody loves you, love you like I like. In my blunt, past the chronic up front Herb by the count, pay the cutter every month Meditation is the highest, pass me chalice Real ganja baby inside Buckingham Palace New York to West Coast, love that shit green Ganja men then pull up on the Babylon screen From herbs aroma, atmosphere so clean I don't want to wake up if this is living a dream Nickels and dimes, no hard times You never know until you try Say goodbye to the bad guy had I not known, have blown homegrown rock and roll and stone. Oh, Mary Jane, could you please take me home? I like. Invite the life in LA all day 
burn it all night Jamaican marijuana is the people's choice Snoop Dogg, what you say? Tell them what you like yeah, California yeah. Kush, straight off the bush Never leave me alone You ever smoke weed to touch your brain and touch your bone? Put you in a zone while you're chilling all alone With your girl on the phone listening to Nina Simone Yeah, now I'm gone I like All right, that was High Life, his newest project featuring Snoop Dogg. What are your thoughts? Who wants to go first? Meh. I'll go. I, okay. I don't care. Meh. Yeah. It's just another song about weed. Okay, Gary. Woohoo. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sonette. Um, Who else wants to share their thoughts on that track? All right, so for me personally, I like it. Minus the first um, Snoop part. Yeah, I didn't like his rap there or whatever. I don't know what that was. I don't know if he was trying to DJ or rap. Um, that part they could have omitted. The other part of Snoop sounded more like him. If Snoop wasn't on the track at all, I think it would have got a hundred across the board from me. Um, yeah, I think the Snoop part, especially the first part, I never liked that at all. Didn't like that part. Let me see something. Where is it? Hold on. In my blood, past the chronic up front, herb by the count, the cutter every month, meditation. I don't know, I don't like that version of Snoop. I don't know. That honestly, I think I preferred that part of Snoop versus the second part. The second part sounds so much like him. At first, it took me a second to realize that was Snoop when he started that part. It sounded like, like someone who's maybe a Jamaican who wasn't. We didn't grow up there. Uh-huh. It sounded like he was trying to do it. Maybe it's because it sounded like he was doing trying to do a caricature. But it didn't sound like Snoop initially when he started singing. But then I caught his voice. Like, okay, I know that voice. I was like, who is that? I know it. <laughs> but then the second part just sounds standard. That's just Snoop Dogg. Like, being out here, listen to the Keller rappers, they do a lot of talking mm-hmm. versus a New York style rapping. Ah. And it's like, it's an adjustment. It's absolutely an adjustment to get used to the way they they say especially the older stuff and snoop i don't know how much snoop has evolved and they come for me i don't care um from when he started back in in like the late early early 90s late 80s he, he's he's basically kept a steady steam of the way he sounds mm-hmm. but that initial coming off the mic there didn't sound like him to me yeah then i preferred that that version of like who that? Who that? No, no. okay, it's, it's new. All right, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for your input, uh, Sonette. So, 
Javed says in the chat, it doesn't touch me in that special place yet. Latoya say, yeah, that verse threw me off. Michelle says he was trying too hard. I think he was trying too hard on that part. And I guess it's because um, I'm so accustomed to his signature voice, you know, his signature sound. Let me put it that way, that I, I think he stepped outside his comfort zone. Um, I guess I'm going to have to play play it a couple more times and see if it grows on me. Um, the other part was... Jamaican marijuana is the people's choice Snoop Dogg, what you say? Like. Yeah, California yeah. Kush, straight off the bush. Never leave me alone. You ever smoke weed to touch your brain and touch your bone? Put you in a zone while you're chilling all alone. With your girl on the phone, listening to Nina Simone. Yeah, now I'm gone. That's the Snoop I like. <laughs> God, I need to um expand my palette for Snoop. What you said, Chief? Snoop Lion? so okay welcome that is um the latest um project from Bujabanton and snoop dog it's called high life yeah snoop lion <laughs> but he's he doesn't refer to himself as snoop lion on this he refers to himself as snoop dog on the project so yeah i'm gonna have to play it a couple more times but i i mm, yeah snoop i'm feeling you on the first part second part yeah um i got excited you saw my, my comment I, when he said high life i'm like is it gonna go fella because yes the high life guitar was what started after we or the drum high life it was a music style that was not from nigeria i think it was senegalese that he loved and then he used that music to then create um to create um afrobeat i know we've talked about fella i think twice i mean three times in the last two weeks but I'm gonna um but that's when when I heard High Life, I was getting really excited because have you seen what Buju's been doing with the Maroon community? Like he's gotten quite involved. He gave them a tractor, a he's been giving them money and he's been like physically there and being involved. So I just keep thinking that he's going to become a different artist. Okay. Nothing wrong with him, but I just I just keep envisioning a change in a lot of things that he's doing. But um, not this lead song. You no think he's going to evolve? Lead, obviously, <laughs> I th I am expecting a slight change in him. That's that's you know a little bit more um, more reggae, less dancehall. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That's kind okay. of what I, I I expect a little bit, but maybe I'm wrong, and I can be wrong. I'm not a musical person at all. Right. Okay. okay. I'm all right. Thank you. Thank you, Sonette. Did someone else open their mic? No, okay. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we return, we have stories out of Latin America and the international scene. It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women today. Here is Spice on the remix of Royal. Hmm. Me no see the girl where fi beat me yet. 
So when me walk out, them a look and afraid. Them a pray me. <laughs> Enough girl got me for the way on me dress. Them just a stare me down. So full of envy. But let me tell you this. Enough girl don't like me, but me not like them. Make man a use them. That's a fit them problem. We don't care. I'm living the life where some girl dreams. So let me tell you this independent. Make me money, me no own a rent. Never beg a girl, I send the man want me hundred percent. We don't care. I'm living the life where some girl dreams. And I'm living so right. No girl no more than me. Stress free, my life happy. I'm sure the man want me. I'm the man no matter as you can see, it's all about me. I'm living some girl fantasy. Girl, so don't wanna live for me, no matter worry about me, me not worry about them. Girl, I watch my life like TV, tell you all of them, I'm not TVM. Girl, I run off them out and I have them, but you for me, I'm just like M&M. You don't understand English, me gay and a French, I'm the best, I'm creme de la creme. Real life, girl, over 100, choose the clothes, and I'm used million times 10. Hypocrite, them a sneak and a grass, them too bad, man, me no want them friend. Them a fight me, a losing battle, I think that's why God damn bless them. Miserable, them stress every day, them can't trick me, that's all I'm on problem. I'm sure the man want me, I'm the man I'm at over. It's obvious you can see, it's all about me. I'm living some girl fantasy. Oh. <laughs> God, Spices is the original. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies And I'm not proud of my address In a torn up town, no postcode envy But every song's like gold teeth, grey goose Dripping in the bathroom, bloodstains, ball gowns Trash in the hotel room, we don't care a big thank you to everyone logged on and listening on the quality music zone qmzradio.com for quality music keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music 
to get you through your day. Here's a little coffee for you. After all, it's coffee in dough. I'm we born in the struggle, isolated in our bubble. One off in the rich, yet another for the poor. Jobless and please help us, we can't take no more. We're feeling the pressure, we are down to the core. Oh, money for the young when them send it offshore. And every nation come and get rich and we stay poor. Them show you $20, we go through the back door. Tell them, tell them, so we can't take no more. Under the that non-stop party vibe go ahead and download the jano radio app j-a-h-k-n-o it is available in your apple and google play stores jano radio take us on the go gotta give a big thank you to everyone right here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens thank you for joining me every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views Hashtag WCW. We celebrate women every Wednesday. We only play songs by women. Or collabs with women, but women at the forefront. This is the voice of Andrea Martin breaking up my heart. And it is 20 past the top of the hour. We're going to go ahead and get back to business. Time for us to get into stories out of Latin America. All right, so... um, Russia and Cuba sign agreement to boost tourism. Story courtesy of Caribbean. Hold on a second. Stop, 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 stop. The most hated person just entered the space. Um, Rosolo and Javet. <laughs> the most hated person who is on vacation rubbing stuff in our face just entered um, the room. What do we do with him? Do we keep him down below or do we let him come up on stage? Everybody's silent, Teflon. Ain't nobody happy to see you. Would <laughs> <laughs> you show off, Seth? <laughs> what's good? What's good? Oh, gosh. How is it going? How is it going? How is it going? Uh, no comment. No comment? Too much fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, still having a good time. All right. Well, as long as you're having a grand time, that's all that matters. Yeah, no I don't want to get, I don't get put in the goo again. <laughs> well, Javet says I don't hate, and Julie says he's probably eating bacon shark right now. No, we're not going to put you down okay, there. Okay, I'm having. Okay, I'm having 
crab and dumpling. Right. Is it coconut yeah. dumpling? No, it's like boiled dumpling. It's it's boiled flat boiled dumpling, and it comes with curry crab. Yeah, it's really nice. It's very messy, yeah. but nice. I love. Oh, I cursed. I love <laughs> curry crab. I love, 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 love. Yes, straight from Stool Bay. Okay. Stool Bay Beach. I'm jelly. I'm jelly. <laughs> she don't hate. She's not hating. She's just jealous right now. <laughs> <laughs> so eat enough for all of us, Teflon. All right. Enjoy. I will. I will. Okay. <laughs> Russia and Cuba sign agreement to boost tourism. Russia airline Aeroflot will soon begin direct flights from Moscow to Cuba. Yes. Let me see if I can attack attack this name. Sergi. Everybody over there named Vladimir. Is that is that is it a thing that everybody in Russia has that name? Anyway, Vladimirovich Alexandrovsky. I got it. Must have a pat on the shoulder. Uh, who is the general director of Aeroflot Airlines? Hold on a second. You know, somebody said this. They feel that um, they feel that Vladimir and Volodymyr they're related. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but anyway. Um, so Sergey Vladimirovich Alexandrovsky, general director of Aeroflot Airlines, announced direct flights between the capital Moscow and the Cuban tourist center of Varadero, for which plane tickets will be on sale over the next few days. The announcement came as the governments of Cuba and Russia agreed to boost the development of tourism where representatives of both countries signed cooperation accords during a bilateral meeting in Havana. The signing took place as part of the 20th session of their Intergovernmental Commission for Economic, Commercial and Scientific Technical Collaboration. Cuban Prime Minister Minister Manuel Marrero and Russian Government Vice President Dmitry uh, presided over the meeting in which Cuban Tourism Minister Juan Carlos Garcia briefed participants on the opportunities of Cuba as a tourist destination, a sun and beach site with patrimonial, cultural and natural values. He also went on to say that efforts must focus on the increase in the number of tourists to Cuba up to some half a million Russian vacationers a year. He added that the sector needs reconstruction and repair of hotels, modernization of infrastructure, and training of specialists in the hotel sector. Cuba and Russia also signed a MOU between the local tourism ministry and the Russian Economic Development Ministry and other accords related to training and trips. <laughs> I'm here for it. I am here for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thank them for highlighting the um the areas that need to be addressed to bring the tourism sector up to speed, the modernization of the infrastructure. Very important. Um I, I'm looking forward to more being done. I don't think the US is going to like this, and I hope they're not but a try nothing. Stay out of the people and business, right? You have already imposed sanctions on Cuba. Let them be. If this is a way out for the people of Cuba to rise up and slowly break away from certain norms, right? I'm here for it. I am here for it. Yes. 
I wonder what else Russia wants to do with them. But can we also have um, more European countries embarking on this journey with Cuba as well? They have a rich history there. Um, don't pay attention to the Cubans in Miami. They're they crazy. They ain't okay. They, they ain't all right. But the, there are Cubans in Cuba who actually love their country. Truly. What's the word? Patriotic? Yeah. They love their country. No matter what, they will not leave their country. And if, you know, they leave to visit, they go right back. Um, no matter how bad things are, no matter how dire things get, you have Cubans that love Cuba. And I am here to see the rebirth, for the want of a better term, of Cuba. Definitely here for it. Yes. I wonder if China is going to be next to join forces. By the way, how many countries um, are on the waiting list to join BRICS? Just wondering. We need to check up on that. So it was about, not about nine, well, if you take a current number, the what, 15 or 16? Somewhere around there. I'll check. Yeah, check for me, please. I would appreciate that, Donald. Miss Phyllis, you had opened your mic. Please go right ahead. Yeah, I think China, thank you moments. I think China will join forces because of the strategic plan that them and Russia have to kind of take over control, the power countries. I think the same reason that America would have concerns is the same reason why Russia is now, be it that it was a communist country all along, would all of a sudden take interest and in go into this deal. Um, but I do feel it's a good thing. I have, many of us have families there. Yep. I definitely have family there. I have 19, I can proudly say I have 19 doctors in my family there. But you know how doctors work over yep, there. <laughs> for free, literally. <laughs> That's true. But at least they have the education that they can you know, provides a medical service. So, yeah. But my thought is, yeah, it's a good thing, but I'm a little concerned because of the positioning of what Russia and China is doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the real, you know, reason for them to... Because Cuba is positioned in a, in an area that... I think just like Jamaica, where America wants to keep that kind of control or at least keep them off, mm -hmm. where... Because it's so close to the um the this the country. So yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, folks, many of us in the Caribbean do have relatives in Cuba that we don't know about. But yeah, that's for sure. Go right ahead, uh Donald. Go it's ahead. Nineteen as per Bloomberg. Um BRICS draw membership bids from nineteen nations before the current the summit coming up. Okay. 19 nations. Um as to Cuba Russia, Cuba and Russia have always worked closely politically and otherwise, especially during the USSR era. Um, that has sort of um, died down a bit with the with the breakup of the Soviet Union. But uh, Cuba and Russia have always had a close relationship. Because I remember during the revolution in Grenada, it was always Cuba and Russia, amongst others. But yeah, yeah. it is good. And China definitely is going to exploit that. Because if you realize there's a push for, while Europe is consolidating, China and Russia is expanding to the rest of the world. 
uh, look, for instance, if we have 19 countries now looking to join BRICS, imagine how powerful BRICS become overnight. Remember, mm -hmm. BRICS was so, supposed to be an experiment. A failed experiment, right? Yeah, that wouldn't mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. So imagine that, and look at just the oil powers that would be in BRICS. I mean, this would just shift the whole dynamics of, of, of the geopolitics and everything else with those countries if they are granted permission. And I don't see why they would not um, even give them. You have countries like Algeria, Egypt, Indonesia. These countries looking to join BRICS. So I could only see it getting bigger. Yeah, yeah. You you know, as you're talking, um, Donald, I'm here thinking about the U.S. and its position on a global scale. And the truth is, the world, for the most part, has lost respect for the U.S. It's not the same. They don't have the same kind of pull, right? They They don't command the same amount of respect that they used to back in the day. And I think it's their own doing, unfortunately. Or is it fortunately for them? Um, and thanks to Donald Trump, when he went into power, we started to see America for what it really was. And when I say us, for those of us who are migrants, we weren't born here, right? Um, we were delusional, <laughs> so to speak, right? We were misguided. We were blinded. You know, um, we were sold a lie. And it was Thanks to um, Trump, as I said, that we started to see who America really is. We started to see all the ugly skeletons that are hidden in their closets. We started to see the type of bully, the bullying style that they used, right, to control countries. If you don't agree with them, you're sanctioned. If you don't agree with them, they cut off this, they cut off that. And you realize, huh, so they're not as good as we thought they were. Go ahead, Donald. I just think the do as I say and don't question as I do policies just right. no longer work. You know, people are getting to the point where they're like looking at what you're doing. They're listening to what you're saying. They see that your words and your actions do not mix. And people are tired with intervention politics. You give me a few thousand dollars then you want to tell me how to run my country you're selling the IMF and they're telling me how to restructure my countries yet still they have not I don't know any any country on record maybe besides Russia and that is not because of the IMF where the IMF and them went in and made the economies and the country stronger uh -huh. you just keep going more into debt and more into debt and more into debt and have to go back to them with all the restrictions they put on you. When they go to the Chinese, if the Russians help you and so on, there is less restriction. They will give you the money. They might tie the loans to assets, etc. But they literally don't tell you how to run your internal politics or how to, to utilize that money, per se, with the, with the way the West does it. Yeah. People are tired because yeah. it's like you're giving me policies that is not the best thing for my country, yet still I'm on the hook for the loan. So why would I go to you? Yeah. You know, people are getting tired of that. Tired of the foot on the neck um, style. Yeah. Authoritarianism at its finest. You know, and, uh, and I'm thinking the most recent story, I think it was last week or was it this week that it came out, where the travel advisory, <laughs> right, that was issued... A level three telling folks not to go to Jamaica, 
telling and then they also issued one for Colombia. And I don't think they understand what they're doing. And I, I'm not sure if the government of Jamaica recognize what they're doing to them. You are literally trying to cripple another country's economy when you're telling your people, do not go there, knowing full well that tourism is the main source of income. So do they really care about you? But you keep running to them. You see, what happened? You know, hold on a second, Donald. What happened? The U.S. is good at giving you crutches and keeping your leg in a cast. And every time you go to them to have the cast removed, they just do a recasting, making, making you feel say, something's still wrong with the foot. The bone not straight, not properly here, so here, so not properly healed. So you remain in that cast and you become so reliant on the crutches it's a shame. Go right ahead, Donald. The question is, are those uh, travel advisories as potent as they used to be? Because a lot of people are not really taking some of these advisories serious in a lot of the cases. Huh? Because now people are getting more information that you don't get to from the mainstream media and stuff like that. People have been traveling and blogging and doing things that say, listen, you're telling us don't come to these places, but these places are beautiful. Um, they're relatively safe. Being in New York probably is more deadly than being in some of these countries and so on. Mm -hmm. And yes, every country has a challenge, but I think the, the, the potency of the travel advisory, yes, it's negative, but I think it's, it's, it's really diminishing. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where people are not taking the U.S. serious with certain things anymore, yeah. to tell you the truth. <laughs> their time is coming to an end so to speak right okay next up on the international scene deutsche bank and citibank oh boy admit anti-competitive activity in the uk bond market story courtesy of cnn business so deutsche bank and citigroup have admitted anti-competitive activity by exchanging sensitive information on uk government bonds between 2009 and 2013 Britain's antitrust watchdog said on Wednesday. Oh boy, this as it provisionally found five banks in breach of competition rules. HSBC, Morgan Stanley and Royal Bank of Canada, meanwhile, have not admitted any wrongdoing over the alleged sharing of information in one or more one-to-one -one conversations between a small number of traders in Bloomberg chat rooms in the aftermath of the global financial crisis. Ay, ay, ay. Who we can lock up like what they did to Martha Stewart. But anyway, Britain's Competition and uh, Markets Authority, CMA, said in a statement, it would consider further representations from the banks before reaching a final decision on its next steps and the possible issue of financial penalties. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's okay when you do it, but it's okay when I do it, but not when you do it. Right, Donald? <laughs> That's a question I'm saying. How is it you, you could... You could want to penalize an individual for market manipulation and all kind of insider trading and stuff. When the, the, the quantity of trade and so is even immaterial when you look at the scope of the market. And these banks could collude and do the same kind of stuff openly without any kind of reprisal. I mean, are we supposed to trust that this, this system is fair and everything like that. <laughs> ah, Donnell. 
corporate can get away with it. The week before Lehman Brothers went under, their CEOs was given ethics speech. Mm-hmm. I've been paid for it. Mm-hmm. And they've been cooking the books, like, <laughs> not even on a stove, outside, firewood, everything on the kitchen. <laughs> Plan, pot black. <sighs> So the it's, just, it's just amazing. So the CMA said the conversations are alleged to have related to the buying and selling of UK government bonds, specifically gilts and gilt asset swaps, and included details on pricing and other aspects of trading strategies. <laughs> so no, you know, but at the end of the day, though, Donald, who do we blame? Do we blame ourselves, the people, for not? following up and seeing to it that these um corporate entities are held liable are held accountable brought to justice somebody need to go down how are we going to hold them accountable and who is going to bring them to justice <sighs> and who control the legal system i mean what what would you do you will tell the, the, the court how to rule on these cases what will you do will you go in and say okay Let's not settle those cases out of court with non-disclosures that the public don't even know what happened. They settle. They usually settle for pennies and a dollar, and they know that, so they mm-hmm. can take the risk. Yeah. They will. They will, they will give you a figure that they, they think would sound huge for the public, which is a fraction of what is made. They will settle. Everything will be sealed, and nothing will be public, and they go on a business as usual. Business as usual. Everywhere you turn, Donald, there is so much corruption on every level. And if me walk in a one store just for test for see if me can still shoplift, them I go up according to Queenie. <laughs> them I go and lock me up. But you want to lock up people for school meals, send them in collection and all kind of yes! for school meals. Yes, that part. That part. They want to lock you up for taking up a bottle of water, drinking it, and walking out. Yeah, that's what they want to do. But these organizations, and these organizations are always getting government bailouts on top of it. They're always being saved. So what happened to us? (sighs) I'm telling you. um, It's time for... This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. My area. All right. This is America. Catholic clergy sexually abused nearly 2,000 Illinois kids since 1950, the state finds. Story courtesy of Baller Alert. And this may be triggering, folks, for some people listening online or right here on Clubhouse. An investigation spearheaded by the Illinois Attorney General has found disturbing results surrounding allegations of sexual abuse by Catholic clergy. Investigators found that 451 clergy have sexually abused nearly 2,000 children since 1950, a number significantly more than the 103 individuals the church had named when the state started its probe in 2018, according to the Associated Press. 
During a news conference on Tuesday, Attorney General Kwame Raoul credited accusers for making the review possible. He said state investigators learned that clergy abused 1,997 children across Illinois between 1950 and 2019. He said, it is my hope that this report will shine light both on those who violated their positions of power and trust to abuse innocent children and on the men in church leadership who covered up that abuse. These perpetrators may never be held accountable in court of law, but by naming them here, the intention is to provide a public accountability and a measure of healing to survivors who have long suffered in silence. A preliminary investigation was conducted by Raoul's predecessor, Lisa Madigan, and discovered that the state's diocese concluded only 26% of allegations were credible and dismissed the other 74% by feeling them unsubstantiated. Here's what I don't understand. How are we going to say that these perpetrators may never be held accountable in a court of law, but we're able to name them. By the way, all the other cases that we have spoken about, have we heard of any court proceedings where they have been brought to justice or everything is swept under the rug? I'm just thinking. I really can't recall. But please explain to me, someone who is thinking more than I am right now, because, you know, when it comes to certain topics, I'm blind. But please explain to me, if you can identify these perpetrators and these perpetrators are alive and the 26% whose allegations they found to be credible, not to say that the other 74% were not credible, but we know sometimes people do not step forward or they will um, deny for fear of reprisal of some sort could be from their family members or the church itself. We don't know, but let us say, let us go. We're going to go off of the 26% of allegations that were credible. Why can't we go after those who committed the acts? If they are still alive, why are we sheltering and shielding these? Go right ahead. Somebody else. How is naming them enough? Drag them into court. Put them in the prisons too. What, what makes them different? Why are we protecting them? Why are they, not we, but why are they being protected? Public accountability. What is that going to do? And how is their true healing the survival if these perpetrators are still out there allowed to go about their everyday business so it's forgiveness for some but not for all some are held accountable while others are allowed to go free somebody please explain it to me i don't understand the law as it relates to the catholic church are they held by a different standard is there a different set of laws for them I'm sick of hearing these stories and as it relates to the Catholic Church. Am I saying it doesn't happen in other churches? No, I'm not saying that. But it seems as though the Catholic Church is the most prevalent. 
it seems as though they are the originator and the orchestrators of this type of behavior. And they are allowed to continue doing it. Father, forgive me for I have sinned and that's enough. Holy Mary, Mother of Jesus, and that's enough. That's it. But yet, we can say the same things and we will be brought to justice. We will be dragged through court. Or is it because the um, Catholic Church has so much money that they quietly pay off those who are the victims, convincing them not to go any further? Well, what about the situations where someone will say, okay, I don't want to proceed with criminal charges, but the state steps in and says, we are going to pick it up. It doesn't happen where the Catholic Church is concerned. Have they changed the rules in the Catholic Church as it relates to men? And are, are they allowing these men to, to date and marry and have families? Because you, you, one rule is, I think, I don't know if it's still valid, is that you can't get married, no sex, nothing. So these people are so suppressed and struggling and fighting demons within themselves and they take it out on children and have been doing so for centuries. <laughs> Them need to go in front of court. That's all I'm going to say. And why is there no protest within the Catholic community? Those who practice the Catholic faith. Why is it that none of them now come out and say we need for they have offended my children? Why? Why are you so silent? Your silence means you're complicit. You're okay with it. Hey Fabian, how are you? I'm doing well moments. Oh, man, what a, you know, these numbers that are being reported are always under, <laughs> always under that much we know. And once again, your point, silence is on the thing. I'll just leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Fabian. Thank you. Now, I'm going to make them set up my blood pressure today. Uh, do something, but balance the scales. As far as I know, when you go into the court, one of the um, symbols is the scales, right? And it's usually balanced. Well, let's balance the scales right now. Not. Next up, a bill that would have required Texas public schools to display the Ten Commandments has failed. Story courtesy of CNN. The Republican-controlled Texas State House failed to advance a controversial bill on Tuesday that would have required public schools to display the Ten Commandments in every classroom. Senate Bill 1515 was effectively killed early Wednesday morning after House lawmakers did not meet a midnight deadline for a vote that would have advanced the bill for a third and final passage. The bill, authored by Republican State Senator Phil King, requires the Ten Commandments to be displayed in a conspicuous place in each classroom in a size and typeface that is legible to a person with average vision from anywhere in the classroom, CNN previously reported. 
King has previously said the bill will help restore religious liberties that were lost. And it reminds students all across Texas of the importance of a fundamental foundation of America. So let me just gently remind you of a fundamental foundation of America. People came to this country for religious freedom. What does that mean? You're free to practice the religion that you believe, right? If you're Muslim, if you practice Judaism, Christianity, Catholic, whatever, it's freedom, right? So if you're going to push for the ten, the 10 commandments to be displayed, why aren't you pushing for the laws of all the other religious faiths to be displayed as well? Because by doing that, what you're saying is this is a solely Christian state and every child will be exposed to only Christianity regardless of what their religious beliefs are. Is that right? Is that right? What gives you the right to shove Christianity down someone else's throat? People came here for religious freedom. Because I'm Christian doesn't mean I'm going to disrespect someone who is a Muslim. Doesn't mean I'm going to disrespect a Jew. Doesn't mean I'm going to disrespect someone who practices Buddhism. I'm not going to do that. Just as I want you to respect me, I'm going to respect you. So what if a family steps up and says, well, I need a, a, an extract from the Quran. What are you going to tell them? No. Very soon it will get to a point where they're going to ask you to remove your children that are non-Christian from schools. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Come on, Republicans, do better. Yes, Sean, we have way more things important to worry about. DeSantis. Listen to this puppy show now. And you see them Cuban Americans in Florida open their eyes and recognize that he playing y'all like a $2 fiddle. DeSantis appoints Cuban American female appellate judge to Florida Supreme Court, story courtesy of the Associated Press. Governor Ron DeSantis appointed a Cuban American woman to the Florida Supreme Court on Tuesday, making or marking the first time in history the court will have three women as sitting justices. The Republican governor chose Meredith Sasso to replace Ricky Polston, who retired from the high court earlier this year. Sasso currently is the chief judge on the state's sixth district court of appeal, a position she was appointed to by DeSantis earlier this year. DeSantis has now appointed five of the seven members of the Florida Supreme Court. Sasso, a Tallahassee native, attended the University of Florida for both undergraduate studies and law school, according to the governor's office. After working in private law practice, she was chief deputy counsel for former Governor Rick Scott and then was appointed to the appeals court based in Lakeland. I am proud to appoint Judge Meredith Sasso to the Florida Supreme Court because her fidelity to the Constitution will help preserve freedom in our state for generations to come, DeSantis said in a news release. As a Cuban-American woman who understands the importance of her constitutional system and the rule of law, Judge Sasso will serve our state well. Talk about playing people like a $2 fiddle. Really, DeSantis?
you're taking the page out a page out of um trump's playbook when trump came to florida and fiddled yes fiddled with the latin community the the cubans in particular down here in miami you know that what you're doing is going to see to it that you secure them as your base by further leading them down a path of unrighteousness go right ahead i think what's more telling than the appointment of this particular individual is the fact that the Santos has appointed five of the seven judges mm -hmm. on the court. Mm. So we focus on a lot of the things he says in public and some of the policies. Now, they are fully aware that some of these policies will be challenged in the court. So if you stack the court, where do you think the rulings would, would, would fall? So it is to him, more important to stack the court than anything else. Because anybody that challenges him is likely to lose. Hmm. Mm. Straight out of the Trump playbook. Trump 2.0. Uh, uh, uh. I'd love to, you know what? I would love to be a fly on the wall. An inconspicuous fly on the wall. A roach in a corner somewhere that goes, oh, no, I can't be a roach because they do. Um, I think we do pay for pest control to go in every now and again in the governor's mansion, our mansion, that we are being blocked from knowing who goes there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miami Lakes School moves <laughs> Biden inaugural poem out of elementary section of library. Can you believe this, folks? Yeah, this is um, this is how bad it's getting down here in Florida. This is how bad it's getting for the black community down here in Florida. Let's take a listen. A poem read at President Joe Biden's inauguration, the center of a classroom controversy this morning. Seven Tavares Jones is live at the Miami Lake School where some books were recently removed. Tavares, good morning. Yeah, Lorena, good morning to you. you. know, Florida no stranger as the epicenter of educational controversy in recent months. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the state legislature pushing legislation that would limit curriculum taught in schools. Well, this latest move by a parent here at the Bob Graham Education Center, she says that poem is inappropriate it also caused four other titles to move to a different section of the library. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. The Hill We Climb, a poem by Amanda Gorman, written in the wake of the attack on the Capitol in January of 2021 and recited at the presidential inauguration, now at the center of a book battle at a Miami Lake school. It's about indoctrination, CRT, and gender ideology. Daily Selena says those were her concerns when she filed complaints related to five books in the Bob Graham Education Center Library that serves grades K through 8. I don't see anything that supports the curriculum, and that's my point. And her complaint against the hill we climb, she writes, quote, It is not educational and have indirectly hate messages. She also indicates the material is used to, quote, cause confusion and indoctrinate students. After a school committee review of five books, four of those books were moved to the middle school area of the library. 
away from elementary students, including the hill we climb. The poet who wrote it responding to the news on social media saying, quote, I'm gutted. She writes, I wrote the hill we climb so that all young people could see themselves in a historical moment. Robbing children of a chance to find their voices in literature is a violation of their right to free thought and free speech. Miami-Dade schools taking to Twitter late Tuesday night saying, quote, in order to ensure accurate information, the district is compelled to clarify that the book titled The Hill We Climb by Amanda Gorman was never banned or removed from one of our schools. The book is available in the media center as part of the middle school grades collection. What they read, why they receive in schools is very important for me. This parent insists she is just trying to protect her children. So I'm not here to ban any books or to pull it away, books from school. I guess when the kids receive the the right information. Now, as part of this plays out on social media here locally, Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine Cava also taking to Twitter here this morning in the last 10 minutes saying, quote, uh, to Amanda Gorman, your poem inspired our youth to become active participants in their government and to help shape the future. We want you to come to Miami-Dade to do a reading of your poem. If you're in, we will coordinate. Now back out here live, I can tell you Amanda Gorman is the youngest inaugural poet in our nation's history. She's also joining forces with her publisher and Pen America in a federal lawsuit to sue school districts or combat this limiting and or book banning of things like this across the country. We're live this morning here in Miami Lakes. I'm Tavares Jones today in Florida. <laughs> One parent. <sighs> ahead Fabian so we're going to open up a can of worms here actually this can has been opened up for quite a while under this uh, governor but imagine as you just stated one all it takes is one parent to have an objection to anything related to black culture black history don't be no for frightened do you know do you want to Don't know, know who for you want to hear some of the other books? The ABCs of Black History, Cuban Kids, <laughs> Judge, <laughs> even our own people shouldn't want them. <laughs> oh, Lord help us. Even her own people. Waiting for the next parent to just randomly pop up and uh, request another book of uh, black history to remove but this is a bad bad this is a bad precedent but Fabian they're okay with shoving Asian American studies down our throat saying it is to be a part of the curriculum right how is it how is her speech in any way airing on the side of discrimination how inaccurate how? It's baseless. The mere fact that she has to take to Twitter to explain uh, her poem, which at the time was well-received, and, uh, you know, <laughs> for this to happen now is just, uh, I don't know. I don't know where we're going, but it's nowhere good right now. Let me tell you something. These Cuban... Americans here in Miami are driving me crazy. I said it this week. They think they have arrived. Some of them. Some of them. Thank you, Javet. Some of them. 
Some of them think they have arrived. Some of them identify with the Republican Party because for them, it means they are a part of the elite. Some of them come here and they bleach their hair blonde. But the minute they open their mouth, you can tell they're not from America. The minute they open their mouth, you can tell that they're from Cuba. They are, they have been asked, so what about your family in Cuba? They don't care. They stand for the anti-immigrant policies that are being pushed upon Florida. Well, upon Florida, not just Florida, it's upon the whole state of Florida. They stand with it. Many of them came here on boats, risked their lives, and they forgot. Instead of fighting for freedom, they're fighting against it. I wonder if she knows how to read the book because she couldn't even pronounce books. So I wonder if she actually knows what's in the book. She couldn't even pronounce half the words she was trying to say properly. So how she could be so devastated by what her kids are, are being taught. I sh she wasn't even taught in that curriculum. Did you realize, is it just me that realized she could not even pronounce books? Mm -hmm. Feigned outrage, Daniel. Not more than that. Just feigned outrage. That's all that is. You know, not I even mean, trying to explain why she all understand it. I saw some people just stand. All right. This this governor has enabled a lot of racist behavior. Mm -hmm. And it 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 feels like nineteen twenty all over again. This this is how nineteen twenty must have felt like. Not not twenty twenty three. Can somebody explain to me, please be honest, because I may be deaf. I may lack the ability to interpret this young lady's speech. Can somebody please, for the life of me, interpret that speech? What part of it would be offensive to anyone? What, the part where she talked about being a descendant of slaves, being raised by a single mother? What part? Somebody explain to me. There's there's no explanation for what's going on in the world right now. I'm glad Donald said it, and I didn't, uh, because it probably would have sound different coming from me. There's no explanation. People are choosing sides. That's all it is. The <sighs> line in the middle of the road is becoming crowded on one side that that's that's all that's happening right now it's it's sad um disheartening what, what other words can i put on it I, I i can't even add any more words to it because i i can't it's not even allowing me to think straight we can get up every day and hear the frack and knackle on the news. And we can cry about how it makes us feel, but nobody cares. We can cry about people calling us out of our name, but nobody cares. 
I know you have a, I think you have another article coming up about the Negro Leagues. Uh, yeah, that's coming up. And believe that, it or that, not. That was straight disrespect. Mm-hmm. The fact that he couldn't even say Negro, he had to just expand on that. Mm-hmm. It, it's the world we live in. We're going to have to figure out what side we want to be on and walk accordingly. So, Javed, if I could just ask you, do, have we done our part? Who, who, are, who are our gatekeepers right now in this point in time? We're going to have to be our own gatekeepers. I'm, how I'm did just, we get here? How did we get here? Yeah. I think we've always been here. Unfortunately, um, it's a lot more people are just being their honest self. No one's hiding anymore. You so, had you had you had hidden racism. There's no more hidden racism. It's all out there. Do you feel? I've walked in it. I walked in it all my life. No doubt, it used to be more nuanced. But do you feel a lack of leadership right now as it regards to black people in this country specifically? People that will draw a line in the sand that when I first came here in the United States, Jovet, I was just, I had to learn about black American history. And it just seems like they were more protectors of the black community. People would take to the streets. The churches were way more involved than now. I and now way too to... many churches seem to be vested in trying to pad their pockets and outdo each other instead of protecting us and that drawing that line. I'm very passionate about this. Fabian, I'm not going to say it's lack of leaderships. It, it's lack of us as people setting the intention to change things. That's how I saw the world changing. We came together. A leader can only be a leader if he has people following him. Yeah. It takes more than one person to change the world. Yeah. Why, I, why, would, why would the pastor um, take it upon himself these days to stand up for something when he has people that don't even want to acknowledge things that are happening? When people are more selfish and thinking about just themselves and their families. I'm sorry. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we'll bring you up to speed, Crystal. Okay, so let me bring Crystal up to speed and then I'll have you go, David. So the headline, uh, Crystal, um, oh boy, what's his name? DeSantis on the roll, right? So um, a Miami Lakes school moves the Biden inaugural poem out of an elementary section of library after the complaint of one parent. Crystal? You there? Okay, I think Crystal's mic is open. I'm but, sorry. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, David. All right. 
so yeah, so this is uh, some crazy situations going on, but I want to expand this because I think that this is the part that we seem to 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 to, to forget. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. We we seem to forget now. Now this is the thing. I like the woman's poem. I just don't think she should have done it done it before an Ab- Biden's what's gonna call it. You know, uh, speaking at that thing because the you inauguration. Have to look at the your inauguration. You have to think about the history of Biden in relationship to the African American community, right? You know, you have to think about that particular history. Uh, you also have to think about later how when Biden became president, that leaked audio came out of him talking to quote unquote prominent black people in which he admonished them when they had expectations about what was he going to do for the African American community. You have to think about Kamala Harris coming out saying that she wasn't going to specifically do anything for the black community. And you have to think about her history as a prosecutor in the state of California from district attorney uh, in San Francisco all the way up to attorney general where she was keeping specifically black men in prison, but just more people in prison because they needed prison labor. Right. Right. And so when you think about people, whether it's that's why I'm not I'm not Democrat or Republican. Right. You take the label off. You know what what I see us doing right? Or what I see a lot of people doing is you, we're kind of picking and choosing what type of races we're willing to deal with, right? right? So the Ron DeSantis kind of races, the thing going on there is out in the open, but we're still supporting the other people who are racist, who are in, in so much telling us to our face, they're not going to do, you know, they're not going to do much anything either, right? So I think it, I think this is, and this is part of the reason why I'm independent is because I just understand that it's just two different types of races, right? It's the one that comes out and tells you straight to your face, like people in the South say they prefer, you know, uh, they're open and honest. And I've been seeing a lot more discussion among African-Americans about this, where they're starting to say, you know, they're, they're starting to come out and say, I prefer my races, not the, in terms of, they didn't say voting for anybody, but they're just saying, I prefer my races to be the one that say, it calls you the N-word, you know where you stand. And the person who pretends like they care about you, right? Right. And then, you know, they, they're not going to really, they're not going to really engage in the types of things that need to happen, right? In order to redress historic injustices and issues in any serious way, right? Or uh, in order to improve the material conditions of it. So I think that we as an African American community, we don't, I, I, you know, like I said, we need to think about, you know, all the forms, uh, all the forms in the way in which a racism presents itself, right? And we and, and we're going to have to start taking these things seriously, right? And, and we can't just because, like I said, if Joe Biden can can do what he did in the leaked audio, why, you know, you know, why do you think that Ron DeSantis? Not to say he heard the leak, he probably did, but he's really no, he's really not that much different than Ron DeSantis, right? Like he just doesn't it, he just does it in a slightly different way, and the wool is being pulled over our shoulders because they just say, well. You know what, black people, you know what we're going to get? We're going to get somebody on the Supreme Court. You're going to give you the vice president, but we're not going to do anything to change our life materially. So I think we have to think about the whole system in and of itself in terms of uh, regardless of politics. You, you got to understand this, this is happening. This is a two-sided coin. It's happening two-sided ways, and we're going to have to attack it in a, in a, from a multi-pronged approach. Okay, so I get all of that, David, but what does that have to do with a book that, a poem that is inspirational to a child. I, that's the part. Why would you remove that? Because one person in the entire school district had an issue. One, one parent found it offensive. How, you know, I, how do you deal with that? Well, look, I don't think you should remove it, but I think the solution 
and I and I go back to the solution my mother has always had, and it's the way she taught us. You teach, okay, this is one perspective, then you show a different perspective, right? So if you have two competing perspectives, that should quite that should quash the concerns, right? That the and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a point. I'm just saying it quashes their concern, right? Right? You do that. If if it just even feels like things are leaning toward one direction, right? And I actually watched an interview. I'll share the interview later in the chat. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll share this interview where they were questioning. They were talking all about you know Ron DeSantis and the and the education stuff and the removal of books and all these different things. And a question was asked to one of the guys that was being interviewed about, well, what if they? And he started mentioning people that would be black and represent a different perspective, right? Right than some of the ones that. You know, they were going, he said, what if you brought those two together, right? And the guy avoided answering that part of the question. Like, he skipped over that part of the question. I'm like, that's really all you have to do. If you if you, if you you want to shut down Ron DeSantis, right, then, you know, for, uh, you know, for, for, for Angela Davis, then you got to bring in, like, a Colin Deezer Rice, right? right? If you just said, okay, well, now we're going to bring her into it, too, that'll shut the whole argument down and say, well, what is, what's your problem now, right? That's what that's how you that's how you you put them in the corner, right? Say, okay, so we're gonna include people that you like, and we're gonna include people here. So there you go, you got two sides. That's what needs to happen, right? I think if you if people use that strategy, you could shut the argument down right there and say, "What's your problem?" Hmm. Okay. Um. So let us say this young lady were Caucasian, or let us say Asian. Let us say Asian, right? Because we're being forced to learn about Asian American studies, right? It's it's forced upon us now. We have to learn about it, while stripping away Black history. So let us say she were Asian, and she were delivering the speech. The speech probably would not have um, slavery in it. Um, she could have said that we were living on a boat in water off the shores of China, barely having anything, made it across to America, would that book or would that poem have been stripped away or moved out of the school? Would the same Latino woman have an issue with it? No, she wouldn't. What I'm seeing is a deliberate move to further divide, further segregate, and then move to eliminate. And we're doing it from early. We're teaching these young children who are probably not even looking at the color of this child's skin, but just listening to the story and one day dreaming of being a president or vice president or one day being able to deliver a speech. Many Latinos come to this country looking for success, aspiring to the highest heights. Right? What I'm seeing here is a deliberate move to eliminate the black community and the history and the truths and the successes, and the wins, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's not fair. We're teaching these children that this group, this group of people do not matter. 
oh, she went and gave a speech. It doesn't matter. She's, she's insignificant. But let one of us have that opportunity. One of the Latinos have that opportunity. Oh my gosh. It would be lauded, paraded. There would be gatherings in the streets. Yay! Maria made it and gave the inaugural speech. That's the problem I'm having. Though I understand some of the point David made, I'm still puzzled as to the correlation with the entire the Florida issue with the books of that poem um, being removed you know, from, from the school. But um, that will also take us back to a point that James make, that essentially we have to be the champions of our struggle. Yeah. Because there is nobody coming heart in hand, and we tend to think that there is somebody coming heart in hand to aid us with something. We have to be deliberate. As it's the same way they're deliberate, about trying to remove the, 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 the experiences, culture and stuff and marginalize black people. Black people have to be deliberate as to the way forward and how we're going to educate our kids, how we're going to engage in certain forums and stuff like that. And we ought to not make them, because what happens sometimes is that we make them put us against each other. You understand? Mm-hmm. Oh, so what about this person that is doing this thing bad? Or what about that person? No. When, we, when we're going to address an issue, let's take to the issue. Okay? The, if the issue is, for instance, that this book should not be removed from the school because there is nothing about it, that should, that should see that it, it, it happens, let's stick to that. Because when we start to conflate, that's what it, because we keep bickering against each other. We don't stand on, our, on a firm ground for no nothing in particular together, yeah. and that's a problem. Right. Let us fix what we agree on. Let us stand firm on what we agree on. We could debate the things we disagree on from time to time, but there is enough that we stand. We can stand together on, and it's imperative that we do so. You're right. Thank you for the reminder, Donald. Put us back on path. Yes, let us not get distracted. Thank you. And the, let me read the chat and then I'll have to keep it moving. Most of, according to Michelle, most of the things happen because people are not actively involved in local politics, school engagements, etc. Most of these things must be voted on, but no one shows up to learn and see what's done. So actions like this go through unanimously because no one is present to oppose it. Chief said everything. Everybody has a Tim Scott. Crystal said, y'all's president was the author of the three strikes law. He doesn't care about you. He and your other favorite Clinton were a big part of putting black men in jail for the law slash bill. Javette said, yes, the bottom line is don't allow your child's education to only come from the schools. All comments, well valid. Oakland Athletics broadcaster Glenn, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, if it's Cooper, K-U-I-P-E-R, fired after saying he visited the N-Word League's baseball museum on air. Story courtesy of Baller Alert. (laughs) He's out of a job. Yep, after dropping the N-Word live on air. The shocking slur was dropped during a May 5th pregame show before the A's took on the Kansas City Royals. He was in the middle of discussing his phenomenal visit to the Negro League's baseball museum in Kansas City, Missouri. However, instead of saying Negro, he used the word the N-word when 
stating the name of the museum. We had a phenomenal day at the N-Word League Museum and Arthur Bryant's barbecue. Following the almost immediate backlash, he apologized hours later during the game. He explained his words didn't come out quite the way he wanted it to. The following day, he addressed the matter once more, telling viewers he could not be more sorry and horrified by his words. However, the damage was already done. NBC Sports California immediately began investigating the matter. This initially led to his suspension. On Monday, the network announced that he would not be returning. The A's called his use of the slur unacceptable. <laughs> it just slid. <laughs> You said it because it's something you always say. Let's not pretend as though it's not a word you use flippantly. You use it all the time. So much so that you never realize when you use it. Good for you. Get gone. Next up. More than six in ten say... Sorry, did someone want to go ahead of me? I'm so sorry. Do I, do I understand that he may have used it wrongly? I think oftentimes... We pay so much attention to the use of the N-word. It's like we give all the, the policies that keep us back a pass, as long as they stop people from saying the N-word. You understand? I personally don't see racism as just someone using the N-word, because the average person that uses the N-word has no impact on our lives. You know, the real racism comes with the redlining, the real... Racism comes to the policies, the the extra interest rate we pay, the the stuff that, as you said, the same Joe Biden and all these people, policies they put in place, the street strike rule, these are the real racism. Somebody on radio repeating the Edward doesn't really affect our life that kind of way. And oftentimes we get caught up with this thing, in my opinion, we get all emotional about something like that, that is irrelevant to the scope of our struggle. And we let the stuff that is really meaningful pass. But that's just my opinion. Fair enough. But Donna, let me ask you a question. Do you think by one using it, it is an introduction into their um, further carrying on, passing on the baton of racism? And knowing that using the, the word offends us, they now feel that they have some kind of power over us. Yes, you know, you may feel that that's not where the true racism is, but we should exercise, um, we should voice our opinion. We really should, because if we let them get away with using it, they are already comfortable, right, with it. It's going to only further and cement their belief that they're justified in using it. I am not saying we necessarily have to let them get away with it, but I'm saying the same vigor at which we go after people for using the N-word, let us go with even more vigor at the policies that really discriminate against us as to the things that, that is in place that really hampers us. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we put too much emphasis on the use of the N-word and on on the streets being named after so-called prominent black people and all this nonsense, and not really what is the, 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 the meat of what is keeping us back. Mm -hmm. If I go for a, a, a loan, I don't care about some arbitrary person outside saying the N-word. I want to make sure that my rates are not higher than 
the white people or any other race that is qualified the same way as me. If I live in a neighborhood, I want to know that I have access to the same facilities and all the stuff like that. And I'm not discriminated against. My insurance is not higher because of where I live and stuff like that. These things to me are more important to the average black person than somebody using the N-word. And I'm not saying you have to accept it because it's a word I do not use mm-hmm. and I don't respond to. But at the same time, we have to start to look beyond the use of that word and look at where the real racism lies. All right. May I? Hold on one second, David, and then Chief. Uh, Two minutes, David. Two minutes, Chief. Go right ahead, David. (laughs) Thank you. you. I won't take that long. Um, You know what? I agree with Donnell. Look, I I remember having experience as a, as a, um, a kid in middle school but somebody said to me, go back to Africa. And I looked at them in the eye and I said, when you go back to Europe, right? If you want to do a history lesson, we can do it, right? They shut up the conversation. My parents raised me, yes, these are bad words. Yes, these are things, but to be less concerned about that and more concerned about if somebody is trying to stop you from, you know, engaging in your liberties, right? Not to say that that, that there isn't some importance behind, behind it, but it's just, that's the most important thing. It's the policy thing. And I use California as an example. Look, Pete Wilson, up until Arnold Schwarzenegger became a uh, governor, was the last Republican governor, right? And we won't probably be another Republican. Pete Wilson changed the whole game for the GOP in the state because he pushed a type of anti-immigration policy, which would impact the Latino population, mainly Mexican population in the state that they mobilized, right? Along with some of the uh, other people who were against the, the type of strict immigration policy that, that, that he decided to put in place. And they made sure that politically things started to slowly but surely trend in another direction to the point that, you know, the Democratic Party controls, you know, the, you know, the state of California entirely. Right. Right. So they focused not on whether or not people were calling them racial slurs or, you know, or, 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 or slurs. So, you know, as, as, or, or, you know, those negative things. They 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 pointed to a particular set of policies that they didn't like by that governor in the 90s, Pete Wilson, and then they changed it. So I do think that for us, it is more about the policy. It's more about the yes, those are bad things. I think we bad things. But somebody calling me the N word, you know, it's not you know, I can I can look at that and say, okay, this person's a terrible person. I know who they are. But, if, you know, now if they try to assault me physically or something, now we have a problem. Now we're engaging. Now, now we got action going on. Right. But I do think that that's where a concern needs to be less off of these little what I call minor wins of, you know, somebody gets put off TV because they said something we didn't we you know, we didn't like them, but we didn't want them to say or somebody gets removed from social media. Focus on the policy, not so much on on, on the words of the people, because the policy uh, it's more important than the words because people, they're people who can speak as politically correct as we want. And they'll be passing policies that'll damage us in all kinds of ways, not just about prison and jail. It's also, you know, about engaging in the type of development policies that end up, uh, uh which, which end up having black people being removed from neighborhoods they've been in for a hundred plus years, right? Systematically being removed out of there and then having other people come in and gentrify it. Okay. I think the gentrification is far worse than the other. There we go. All right. Thank you, David. Go ahead, Chief. Two minutes. Let's go. Okay. So I um, I agree and disagree. Okay. I disagree. I disagree because we we don't have there, – there are levels of power that are involved in racism, right? And the biggest part of that is language and how you can – and have the power to define another person or persons, 
right? Collectively, it is an injurious term, right? We, we have the scars to prove it. One people that really understand that more than anybody are Jews. They will tell you in a heartbeat that what you just said is anti-Semitic and it will not be tolerated. We haven't had, we haven't taken the reins and, and, and pulled our collective power together to say the hell you don't, you don't, you have to respect us. You're not going to get to disrespect us or define us because it's really about how somebody's defining you, right? In Oklahoma, we, you just, just, you just uh, did a story a few weeks, uh, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. about this the sheriff's department where this journalist left his recorder in the sheriff's department yeah. and he talked about how he wished they could still lynch niggas, right? We take that. We don't understand the psychology. Of these people, we talking about policy, but your policy makers are using that language when they define what a policy is going to look like, right? They're not saying all oh, these these great people, these wonderful black people in the community. We've got to we've got to have be upright with them and 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 really acknowledge them. You can't even acknowledge us in language respectfully. How can you expect any more than that, right? So you're asking an uncivilized person to create civilized policy and it, they never have done it. We've always had to bleed for our truth, bleed for our recognition, bleed for our acknowledgement. We have always had to bleed for it. There, nobody can tell me, get, give me one gain black people have gotten. One more minute. That we didn't have to bleed for because somebody else said, no, you are still subhuman. That's why we call you that in the 21st century. Like what? We to me, we haven't advanced. We haven't evolved. Not even, not even uh, phonetically. I mean, on, on any level, we haven't evolved, or they haven't evolved. And we, and so if the, if society hasn't evolved, guess what that means for us? We're trying to exist functionally in a dysfunctional society that has that has no ability to progress. So how do we get that progress? It's not by the game. It's not by what we're saying now. And I'll deal with policy. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. You, it's all inclusive. That's why I said I agree and I disagree. And disagree. Thank you. All right. Fair debate. Thank right. you so much. God. Yeah. One, to, one minute. To, one um, minute. Chief. <laughs> I yield to Chief explanation. I mean, <laughs> that, that was that was really good, there, Chief. <laughs> yeah, all right. You thank know, you. I was just sitting there to put some emphasis on the policy. Yes. I think Chief broke it down very well. Yes, it was a good breakdown. Thank you so much for the debate, gentlemen. Appreciate that. All right, next up, South Carolina approves a six-week abortion ban for most women. Story courtesy of BBC.com. Legislators in the U.S. state of South Carolina have passed a bill that would ban nearly all abortions after around six weeks of pregnancy before most women know they are pregnant. The bill is expected to be signed into law in the state's Republican governor uh, by the state's Republican governor, Henry McMaster. But it will now face legal challenges. I hope it does. And I hope they turn it over and kick it right out. The majority of southern U.S. states have curtailed abortion rights since the Supreme Court overturned the nationwide right to abortion last year. Who in here who has had a child knew they were pregnant at six weeks? Rosolo, did you know at six weeks? I knew for one of them, but that's not the point. Okay. <laughs> right. You knew for one, but not for all four, right? Okay. Javet, did you know at six weeks? Annette said she, she puts her thumbs up. Javet, you can put your thumbs up or open your mic if you if you knew. Um, I had fertility struggles 
So I was checking a lot. Okay. But yeah, I had serious issues. So I was checking a lot. Not everybody would do that though. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, Crystal says, yes, yeah, she knew Latoya. Latoya, you have children? I don't want to assume. Okay. Empress says she knew at two months. For me, I want to say eight weeks for all four of mine. I did not know at six weeks. Eight weeks, Latoya says yes. Okay. Yeah. I hope they kick it out. That's all I'm going to say. Kick it out. Kick it out. Because, ah, Lord have mercy. You know what? Let me keep it moving. Believe it or not, stories. A man shot his roommate in Louisville for eating the last hot pocket. Are hot pockets really that good? <laughs> you would kill somebody. You would shoot somebody for the last one. <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky is reporting. WLKY is reporting that a man was shot over the weekend in Louisville. And police say it was over a hot pocket. The Louisville Metro Police Department arrested 64-year-old Clifton Williams on Sunday after they said he shot his roommate following an argument in the Wyandotte neighborhood. Police said that Williams' roommate had eaten the last hot pocket, so he started throwing towels at him. Arrest slips say that the roommate tried to leave, but Williams went inside and got a gun. The man then shot was then shot in the buttocks as he was trying to leave. <laughs> too many guns too many guns a small argument becomes becomes nearly fatal that is ridiculous Trying to get it together here. <laughs> Empress and Betty won't do it. I can't. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. The sound effects don't really. Okay. <laughs> Which one you want? That one instead? You want that one instead? No, no, no. <laughs> I get it to believe it. No, I'm, I'm good. It's a believe it or not story, but this is this is a problem. It is a problem. He's on bond for seventy five hundred dollars, though. Sonette, his bond was set at that seventy five hundred. I mean, obviously he got caught, and you know who all these silencers are and everything about it. But like, it's so prolific. The guns are. I mean, is that right word? I think that is. That they're so much. They're so abundant. <laughs> Everybody got a gun. You have a fight. I watched something on Instagram the other day. It was a boyfriend, girlfriend, or breakup relationship somehow. He's walking away. She's like, give me my phone. The woman took her weapon, because the man took her gun, went in, got her weapon, and shot the man, or at the man. I'm not sure if he actually got hit. But it's a conversation. It's an argument. And you're, like, arming yourself? Wow. You know how they had this thing about Jamaican women like to stab? You remember yes, that? Like, yes, yes. still a thing. How Jamaican women stab with all their boyfriends? Yes. And I always was like so mad at that stereotype because I would never pick up a weapon. You know what I do? I turn my tail down, leave. I am done with you. You're not going to hear from me ever again. It's never that serious for me to harm somebody. And then these people carry you weapons. 
You could die. Mm-hmm. An inch away, this man would be paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I take I took that too seriously, but this is no. It has to be taken seriously, Sonette. <sighs> it's you know what. <sighs> you, you, you know what? Uh, I don't know if you guys have. You know, there have been numerous stories about shootings and stabbings at Popeyes over chicken, right? Right over the years i'm like so yeah it happens this stuff is crazy it's funny you say that because we have a story about popeyes coming up next go ahead david yeah 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 i mean i it's just it's it it, sometimes it's just interesting the things people will stab people over things that people you know will you know you just you look at and say really over that like 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 that so just hearing these stories is like oh yep every now and again you hear one of these stories where it's just like really you did that you know, you know, over food or you did that over what? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) great segue into the next story. A Popeye's franchise is under investigation for violating child labor laws, allegedly asked minors to skip school to serve chicken. Yeah. Story courtesy of BallerAlert.com. So a California Popeye's restaurant has boom closed its doors. Yep. Good for them. And that is after complaints were made from teenage employees accusing the franchise of violating state child labor laws. According to the Washington Post, a strike was initiated by workers outside the Oakland store on Thursday. Protesters assembled and cited grievances over minor employees being asked to skip school and work for shifts lasting beyond 11 p.m. (laughs) I just had the commercial in my head. You know what? Let me stop. Let me stop it. So during the protest, Jamara Romero, a 17-year-old cashier, openly shared her personal encounter at the establishment. Romero says she has faced an underwhelming academic performance due to her demanding work schedule. But come on now. So your parents don't put their foot down and say, no, I don't care. You cannot stay at work past this time. You have to be home to be in bed by a certain time. You have to be home so you can do your homework and study. This is the part I don't understand now. Where are the parents to parent to go confront these managers and say, hey, my child cannot work until 11 p.m. on a school night. It's not going to happen. This is ridiculous. Why are we allowing our children to do this? And I understand economic constraints. We, we have to pool the resources together to make ends meet. I get it. But not to the detriment of your child's education for what? For them to end up being stuck in, a, in the rut job? For them to cancel their dreams and their opportunities? Come on, parents. We have to do better. And I'm glad they shut that restaurant down. Daniel Penny, this fool, says... He, Oh, Lord, you're not supposed to call people fools, but this foolish man uh, says he cannot be racist because he was planning a road trip through Africa before Jordan Neely's murder. So according to BallerAlert.com, he claims he is not racist when speaking with the New York Post, asserting that the incident had nothing to do with race. He further defended himself by presenting evidence of his alleged lack of racism. 
So Penny stated, it's a little bit comical. I mean, everybody who has ever met me can attest that I love all people and cultures. My past and extensive travels around the world serve as proof. In fact, I was in the midst of planning a road trip through Africa before this tragic event occurred. Expressing his sorrow over the loss of life, he said, I'm deeply saddened by what happened to him. It's a tragic accident. Hopefully, we can work towards reforming a system that has failed us so terribly. Failed who? You? It didn't fail you, boo. It didn't fail you. So don't say it failed us. Remove yourself from that equation. It did not fail you because you... Ooh, child, don't get me started. So, so, <laughs> he... Hey, <laughs> this sounds like... um. You know what? Let me not go there. Let me not go there. Let me not go. So because you're going to take a trip through Africa means you're not racist. It's not only black people in Africa. There are all other races in Africa, if I might add, in case you don't know. Right. And let me just let you know, there are people that moved into South Africa knowing that they took over South Africa, knowing it's not their country. Huh? Huh? Yeah. They were racist. They introduced apartheid. Divided South Africa. Took it over as their own. So don't tell me about, I plan to travel through Africa so I'm not racist. Men have several seats and go scratch your behind on something else. But don't waste your time with this one. So, hold on. Colonizer. <laughs> them folks there, yes. Them colonizers. Oh my gosh. All right. So next one, <laughs> more than six in 10 says Biden's mental fitness to be president is a concern. The poll finds story courtesy of NPR. Your credit card. You're technically taking out a small loan from your oh, bank. Sorry, that's the wrong story. I guess I, I thought I had that one up. My bad. I didn't have it up. I'll go ahead and read it. Um, a significant majority of Americans say they believe President Biden's mental fitness is a real concern they have about his ability to be president. That's according to the latest NPR PBS News Hour poll. Respondents said so by 62% to 36% margin. Rather than dismissing it as simply being a campaign strategy used by his opponents, Biden did, however, actually see a slight increase in his approval rating to 45% up four points from last month. That indicates there will likely be a significant number of people who believe there are serious concerns about Biden's mental fitness, but will vote for him anyway. When it comes to former President Trump, who is also running again, 51% also said his mental fitness is a real concern. 43% said it was not. Biden at 80 is the oldest president in U.S. history. He has been the subject of relentless accusations from the right about his acuity. But his age has also been a worry of Democrats. Concerned about whether Biden gives them the best chance to win in 2024, especially if it's Trump as the GOP nominee again. Almost 4 in 10 Democrats said his mental fitness was a real concern, as did 7 in 10 independents, and as expected, more than 8 in 10 Republicans. Several key Democratic and swing groups saw Biden's mental fitness as a real concern, including those 45 or younger, 
Gen Z millennials, 67%. Men, 66%. Those without college degrees, 66%. Non-whites, 64%. And those who live in the suburbs, 63%, for example. Are we all concerned? Should we be concerned? Yes, we should be. Yes, we should. Be. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I mean, come on! I live in the state of California with with Sonnets. and and um, our our current uh, one of my current senators, right, uh, uh, Diane Feinstein. She has been suffering from dementia for more than three to four years, and they've been covering for her, right? And obviously, she's in her eighties, right? And she should have gone the last time, right? It's not like it's not as if there's a chance for a Republican to win, so they just would have switched her out. You know, and you think about her, you think about someone like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. We had all those health issues going on. She was out for long periods of time, you know, and, you know, you think about it like, look, sometimes it, it, it is time for these people to go. Right. Right. And it's not just it is just time. Their age is showing. Right. You, you at some point you can't just there are a few people who are well, really good when they in their 80s or something like that. I guess she's like Queen Elizabeth, but most of the time she's behind the scenes, so we didn't know whether she was all there or not. But I just I just honestly do think that in the case of him, I'm concerned about it. Uh, I'm concerned about all of these people who are like in their 70s, heading into their 80s, who are still in Congress. And it is time for them to really just hang with the grandkids, take a break, move on with life, because their age is showing and their cognitive decline is showing and we're even seeing it with joe biden right and it ain't just gas it's not ages right you know uh at all right so that's my thought all right thank you so much david <laughs> i think we are all concerned to some degree some more than others right <laughs> and go uh, as i said before it's a race to the grave <laughs> you're wrong for that you're wrong for that not all you're wrong Time out for Donald. Time out for Donald. So LeBron James says he's got a lot to think about when it comes to moving forward with the game of basketball after Nuggets sweep the Lakers. Story courtesy of Baller Alert. And yes, we are inside our sports segment. LeBron James seemingly hinted at retirement after 20 years on the court. On Monday, the 38-year-old Lakers player looked visibly upset about losing the championships against the Denver Nuggets. Whoops. These things happen, LeBron. Never mind, you know, to win, somebody got to lose. But anyway, let me get back to the story. When asked about his future with the NBA, James said, I haven't begun to even think about next year. We had a great run, but we fell short of our goal, and our goal is to win championships. That's what this franchise is about. Yep, so that's disappointing. He said this past season was very challenging. Uh, he said, I don't like to say it was a successful year because I don't play for anything besides winning championships at this point in my career. I don't get a kick out of making a conference appearance. I've done it a lot. It's not fun to me not to be able to get to the finals. Despite his continued passion for the game, James acknowledged having some doubts regarding the next phase of his basketball career. We'll see what happens going forward, but I don't know. I've got a lot to think about, to be honest. He said, I, yeah, just personally with me moving forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. James has already stated his desire to stay in the league long enough to play with his son, Bronny, who just committed to USC. And will be able to compete for the league in 2024-2025. However, 
after the loss against the Nuggets, it was clear he was reconsidering whether he could endure another two seasons. What are our thoughts on that one? Is he being a spoiled sport, being a sore loser, or should he just go ahead and hang it up? Hang it up. (laughs) (laughs) Quit while you're ahead? While you're ahead. Even though the Lakers beat the Warriors, and I'm a Warriors fan, it was the geriatric lead versus the youth lead. That's what it was. was. So (laughs) you need to hang it up and start doing this Hollywood stuff. <laughs> you did with the chalk. I'm sorry. As you said, um, geriatric. You know who I thought about? He played forever. I never thought he would retire. Tony Parker. That's his name. The one I was married to, Eva Longoria, at one point, right? Never thought yeah. he would have retired. I, I I swore I saw him on the court with a walker. Come on. Yeah. Yes, we love the. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go right ahead. Yeah, but LeBron, LeBron can't retire now because his new contract haven't even kicked in yet. So what do you mean? You want him to yeah. collapse out no, there? No, but no, but he signed, he signed, he signed a new deal with the Lakers, so you can't, you can't retire like that. You, you have to um, fulfill your obligation, right? Okay, all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Vince, Vince Carter played a, a long time too, so they're, he's just going to have to come off the bench. <laughs> and 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 he could be like he could be like um what's his name in Miami Mazgoff is it that guy in Miami that he's about fifty but he sits on the bench <laughs> to to motivate James no, you're no, not gonna disrespect like, a player them down here like that you know no, move, no, move no, up Franya with that one day <laughs> no but he's 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 about that age for real but he's he's like a like um a, a motivational person like so like all of the, the new guys that comes in. See Marlon coming to get you now. How you gonna talk about Marlon, Steve? <laughs> no, but Marlon, no, Marlon, no. And, and Miami, Miami As, is known for that. He's not fifty. He's no fifty, bro. He's, <laughs> no. he's how old, Marlon? He's forty-three. <laughs> Almost fifty. <laughs> James, you're right. About fifty. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. It's a shame, though. So you think he's he just going to have to push through, right, James? Push through a little more. Okay. Got to get it done. Got to deliver. Carmelo Anthony announces he is returning from the NBA after 19 seasons. Story courtesy of NPR. Anybody going to miss him? Uh, mm, crickets. No. No. Can you hear me? No, I don't know why you sound like you echoing out of somebody's basement. Get out the basement, girl. I don't know what you're doing down there, but get out. Basement. I was saying, no, I will not miss him. (laughs) (laughs) So, basketball veteran Carmelo Anthony is retiring from the NBA after playing 19 seasons, making 10 all-star teams and becoming the number nine all-time scorer in the league. He made the announcement on Monday. He said... I remember the days when I had nothing. Yeah, just a ball on the court and a dream of something more. But basketball was my outlet. My purpose was strong. My communities, the cities I represented with pride and the fans that supported me along the way. I am forever grateful for those people and places because they made me Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, 
LeBron is the last one left from the 2003 draft. Hold on a second. As you're saying that, Gilly, quick question. Um, James Harden, how old is he? How old is he? Anybody know? Let me jump on Google real quick. In his 30s. He's that, not old. He just look old. He look old. Jeez, I look like he's he been about, playing he's since... He's about, 30, he's about 32 or so. Not old, but he looks old though. He, he look like he been playing since... um. You know, Wappy Kill Philip. I don't know. Like he been around for and I, I I don't know. Is he okay mentally? Is he okay? Yeah, he's thirty three. Thirty three. Thirty two, thirty okay. Is he okay? Is he altogether okay? He's thirty eight, yeah, yeah. man. He's thirty eight. He has a chicken wing problem. He's thirty eight. Hold on. Let's get the the age right. Hold yeah, on. yeah. The man the man in a league twenty years, man. The man is thirty <laughs> years, man. Come on. <laughs> And by the way, LeBron is not going anywhere. He stands to lose $100 million if he doesn't play next year. So trust me, the man will be back. 33 years old, folks. Don't make that man older than he is born August 26, 1989 in Los Angeles, California. James Harden. Moments. It's the chicken wings, the lemon pepper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the strippers. <laughs> They're taking a toll on him. So that's it. Um, let, uh, what's his name? Carmelo. He has won three Olympic gold medals and won bronze, has scored 28,289 total points. The ninth best in league history ahead of him are LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone. Hey, he's still around. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, I forgot about Dirk. Oh, my gosh. Will Chamberlain and... The big O, Shaquille O'Neal. There you go. All right, so Mello out. I wonder what he gonna do with his life now. <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> Ross Solo. I'm glad you yes. have your mic open. Not a fan. I'm glad you have yes. your mic open. It's hashtag oh. WCW. Uh, <laughs> we celebrate women. Talk to us about that award that you have in your PTR. Thank you, Jaffa. Talk to us about that award that you have in your PTR. Oh, thank you, Moments. Um, so, yes, on Sunday, well, I received the award a few weeks ago, but on, on Sunday, Donna McLeod, former House representative in Georgia, she officially award, um, pre presented to me. So I received um, the Secretary of State, Outstanding Georgia Citizen, um, from um, and it says, May this outstanding citizen be afforded every courtesy as a goodwill ambassador from Georgia in her travels to other states, to nations beyond the borders of the United States of America, or wherever she may hereafter travel or reside. Thank you for your service to our state. Wow, so um, yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Congratulations. You. So you was outstanding citizen. So that means you got to be nice to me all the I time. I know. And right after it happened, I got to the I went somewhere and cursed somebody out. So it wasn't good. Okay. We got <clears> to <throat> work on it. I'm working on yeah, it. It's a work in progress. Work. Work. But yes. But yeah, that had nothing to do with that part. I just, um, just, I, I, and I'm honored because I feel that there's so much more I, I, sh I should be doing. So mm -hmm. Donna, um, when she first told me about the honor she said that i want to give people their flowers now and um 
and then it just so happened that her sister passed, um, oh, you no. know, a, a few last week. So yeah, so she came out even going, even though she was going through, she's going through a hard time right now because she felt it was important that she presented it. She just didn't want me to have the receipt and put it in a frame and you know hang it up. She wanted people to celebrate it with me. So um, thank you, I'm honored. Congratulations. Thank you. She's a good citizen, folks. So we have to help her maintain her character. Okay. Yes, I know. I do. I do. I'm. I'm, I'm behaving. Don't, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody you on on Clubhouse in the morning. I, I know. I know. I know. Well, it's not the morning. It's probably the nighttime I, that that we can't tell them oh, online. Oh but lord. Oh lord. All right. The, you know, the you know. No, but it, I. It, you know, the funny thing is, um, one thing with Donna is. Um, cause I told her when we spoke on Sunday, I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't think I'm dressed properly for the event. I'm dressed for my birthday, not for a presentation from the secretary, the secretary of state. She said, Lord girl, please F them. <laughs> you know, <so>. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right then. Okay. So that's Donna. Um, so she, she's down to earth and I, I just, I, I truly appreciate it. You know, her nominating me and, and getting this award. All right. Hang tight, hang tight, hang tight, hang tight, hang tight for me. Gotta give a big thank you to all our listeners on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Remember to keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And a big thank you to everyone listening on JohnNoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. And of course, a humongous thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. Everyone that came through, everyone that shared their voice, everyone that shared their thoughts via the chat, we appreciate you. My listeners on QMZRadio.com and JohnOradio.com. This was a Moments With Me media production. Moments With Me signing out. Catch you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, when we do this all over again. See you then. Bad days with your good. Walk through the storm, my